Blog Talk Radio. Watch us now on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It is Sunday morning. It is that being said. It is me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio as we move into our Sunday show. Our weekly tradition continues with that being said. Our ninth season, welcome into the show. And I'll, I'll tell you, it's been, uh, last week we took the week off. I did that for, you know, obvious reasons. Uh, Mother's Day is a very important day a lot for a lot of folks. So, you know, take and plus taking the day off last week, the Saturday before. Okay, the Saturday before. You know how you got grand plans that you got a certain way that you want to do something and it just never comes to fruition the way that you expect it. That's what I have been dealing with. That's what I dealt with last week. Because I'm going to tell you, last last Sunday there might have been a show. If and and I, and that's a strong if I would have gotten some sleep um, if I wasn't dead to the world uh, the day before. So even though it was Mother's Day, we used that as an excuse not to be on. Uh, but the the fact of the matter is, folks, I was just wasted. Saturday started off at 4 a.m. after going to bed at, you know, midnight. And then I worked a long day. Normally I work a short day on Saturday, especially on game day of a game that I'm going to. Uh, so I could go home, lay down for a little bit, and be ready for the game. Uh, but the, the idea did not happen. I did not get home. I did not lay down. I did not get ready for the game the way that I wanted to. So, that having been said, that's the name of the show. I went to the game and did not get home until midnight. So, literally 20 hours for Sonny Clark to be awake, is it's just not the norm. And it's just not the way I you know, want to do things as well. I need sleep. And so much so, last night, I worked a short day. Went home, got a little nap before I headed out to the stadium, and got home at about 11.30, and I was wasted. I went to bed at about midnight after taking care of a little bit of business, and I didn't wake up until 10 o'clock this morning. So, you know, and that was, and just as I was waking up, had Cuervo ding me and say, hey, are we going to do this? I said, hell yeah, we're going to. Back in back in action. We even got the coffee going this morning and everything else. So we are here. It is Sunday. Welcome into the show. Lots of things that we're going to talk about. Hey, we're actually even going to talk some NHL. And the reason being Las Vegas and the Golden Knights, let me tell you something, folks. I, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the type of game uh, games that are going on over there. So that that is huge. So I like that. So we're we're actually going to talk some NHL a little bit later on. Some Major League Baseball, some things going on, especially pitcher strikeout, you know, stare down little 
little brawl heading out there in, in that game the other day. And so we're going to talk about that, of course. And uh, we're going to talk about the NFL and, of course, LeBron James and the and, and, and H, uh well, mark that, NBA. You got a 973 holder. Do you want to talk? Do you want to say anything? Let's get you started right out there. You're on the air. All right. Good afternoon, gentlemen. This is Louis from Jersey. Louis from Jersey. How you doing, my friend? All right. Well, what you, just what when you we got going that, on this morning? Well, just when we thought that maybe that Washington was finally going to break the curse and make it to the final, they hit a roadblock against Tampa Bay. Oh, boy. Got it. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. and last night, right from the get-go, it looked like it was they were already in trouble. I mean, 19 seconds into the into the into the game, and Tampa already scored. I'm like, this is going to be a nightmare. And uh, well, let me ask you just before we go deep into what you're talking about here, what do you think about the Golden Knights on the other side? I mean, it, it, it's that is that the story of the year in reality? Oh uh, yes, it, yes it is. But I'm not really too surprised considering they have a veteran lineup of players who help put this team together, and they're making it happen. So it is it is a wonderful story, but it's not all that surprising. Got it. it, it not I, to it's me not anyway. surpri- the, 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 Well, the talent level, you looked at the talent level. And, the, and, and, folks, we don't talk about hockey a lot in this because a lot of people don't want to talk about hockey. But when the team was being organized, and things, I was keeping track of the, the talent that they had on. It, the, the, this right here is a very big story because of the amount of time that the chemistry took to get together in order to get into the NHL playoff, first of all, make the playoff. Second of all, play as well as they did. So the chemistry of this team had come together and has come together really, really quick. And and that's the story. I mean, granted, they're doing exactly what they're doing, um, making history as an expansion team, um, getting into, quite possibly getting into the, uh, fin- the finals of the NHL playoffs. Um this is this is a very interesting season for hockey, and this is exactly what hockey needed in order for someone to get involved with it. First of all, the team being in Las Vegas. Second of all, playing as well. Uh, there's going to be a lot more eyes on this uh, this sport here going into the final weeks of the season. Yeah. So. I mean, it's, it's you know, but, it is a remarkable, it is a remarkable story on that. And with the win today, definitely. they'll have a, they'll have their birth in the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, and going there now, uh, the uh, game was, if I'm not mistaken, there was a game last night uh, where where Tampa Bay got that victory over Washington three to two. Mm. Um, and and that, that I, I can tell is your your emotions about the victory from Tampa Bay wasn't there. What what are you looking at? What why are you wanting or expecting Washington to come out of this one? Well, I'm just. You know, thinking for Ovechkin, you know, he's a great player and he has yet to win a, yet to win a cup um, in his career. And you know, if he, if he don't, um, I don't see Ovechkin back next year uh, with the Capitals. Got it. And um, so, so this is a personal thing that you're looking that at. That could this. be gone too. So this is kind of a personal thing as a fan watching the game as, as where you are uh, as far as 
the Capitals not winning more so than, than well, as, anything else. As the saying goes, it's now or never. Yep, got it, yep. And, and it's been a while, too, so it, that that's another thing. So, yeah, interesting situation going on in the NHL. I'm going to pop back to you here in just a moment as we continue here on our Sunday morning tradition. What, why is the reason? Well, there's always a, a wonderful reason when I got to go from one to another. It is because I got the man himself in line and bringing him up. And in case you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. It is Sunday morning. It's the fine co-host of the program. It is Cuervo. Good morning, my friend. Welcome in. Hey, even early. What is this? No high and tight today? I got it early this week, Sonny. So no <laughs> high and tight today. How how are you doing? No high. I'm doing doing good. How was how was your holiday last week? Yeah, taking the day. Now, Sonny, I, I I admitted it. I was just that tired. Just you know, even talking, I didn't even want to talk. Um, I was so dead tired. So I used the Mother's Day excuse. How was your Mother's Day? Uh, you know, I know I know you had a couple pictures on your Facebook and stuff. Yeah, it was good. Um, obviously, I didn't get to spend it with my mother. She's back home in Tennessee, um, but. Uh, uh, we went up to L.A., and uh, Mrs. Cuervo got to spend the day with her mom uh, last Saturday. Got so it. that was good. You know, we went out and did a couple things. We had some lunch and stuff like that. So it was it was good. It turned out real, really well. So we weren't doing the show next uh, last week anyway, correct? You, you were busy, correct? Well, I was on Saturday. Uh, Sunday was a little more open, but, uh, ah, but I, you know, I totally understand. I mean, you have, you know, you have uh, – kids and, 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 you know, the wife and stuff like that. So I totally understand why we didn't do it, Joe. Ah, it, it was because I was dead. I, I, I fessed up. It, it's, I was dead tired. But then said, we've been talking. I don't know how much, Cuervo, that you, you're keeping track of the NHL and the story that is the, uh, the, golden, uh, the golden Knights out of Las Vegas. I don't know how much you're keeping track of it, but what a good story. I mean, ha- has this story brought you a little bit to hockey a little bit more since it is Las Vegas, since it is an expansion team doing so well for the first time in NHL history, or has this not piqued your interest as of yet because you're just not a fan of the sport? Well, I mean, I've, I've been into hockey for a few years now. I've gotten into it a little bit more uh, since, you know, I, I have uh, – I have close friends that that uh, are big hockey fans, so I, it just kind of grew on me. Uh, not to mention with the success of the Chicago Blackhawks, that kind of helped out too. I, I will admit yes. that. You can call me a bandwagoner if you want. That's fine. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, the story of the Vegas team, is it's pretty amazing, um, you know, to, for an expansion team to make it this far. Now, I will say this, though – this is just me personally, though, Sonny. I don't give them that much credit. I don't give them as much credit as a lot of people do, simply because of the fact as to how that team was built. Um, for those who don't know, the way it works is, in, 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 I don't, and I don't know if this is in all sports, but for in hockey, for their expansion draft, what happens is they have the opportunity to take players from other teams. Now, those teams yep. need to designate who is released, so it's not like, you know, they could say, oh, we want Sidney Crosby, and then they get Sidney. Like, it doesn't work that way. But there are certain players that, that teams 
will designate to uh, be released to be available for that draft. And, and they're pretty decent players. So um, it's, you know, I'm not, again, I don't want to take away from the story. It's still a great story at the same time though. um, I mean, it's not like in the NFL where, you know, you're, you're starting from absolute scratch. Like there are, there is no, Hey, you can have this guy off of this team or anything like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Sonny, when, when the Jacksonville Jaguars and Carolina Panthers came into the league, I don't remember that happening. Maybe I was too young to remember, but, uh, but I don't think it happens that way in other sports. So with, with, with the, with the way it happened with this team, you know, it, it was, it was quite the boost to start their franchise off. Well, as far as the, you know, as far as the Golden Knights and the Golden, you know, the the uh, the team that's come together, what I find amazing about that in reality, Cuervo, it's more of what how they put the team together. They got guys, but how they've come together. You know, chemistry is big in every sport, whether football, basketball, baseball, or whatever. Well, it's a little bit less. In baseball because baseball's so individualized. Uh, but as far as chemistry is concerned, as far as the team is concerned, uh, that's the big story for me. Uh, when I when I look at how that whole thing went down and and how and what we're watching right now as far and, and by the way I am a closet hockey fan I have hockey on TV all the time um, I'm always watching it's just not a good talk. Usually when we're doing radio and doing what we do. So, and plus I love minor league hockey too. And we got two minor league hockey teams down here in Texas that I find myself at quite a bit. Um, so um, I, I enjoy hockey. Uh, we just don't talk about it. We don't, uh, at least on this show, because it doesn't do very, you know, very well as far as what it is. So um, I don't know, Cuervo, the, the time that it takes, and, and by the way, a hockey season's very long, um, and how they put it together so fast to get the success that they're doing, first franchise as far as expansion in NHL history to do what they're doing is, is, is a quite an amazing story. Yeah, it is, Sonny. And, and again, I don't want to take anything away from, from the success that they've had. I mean, this is going to no matter what my opinion is, this is going to go down in, in history, you know, NHL history as, you know, the, the greatest, you know, start to a franchise in, in, in the history of this game. So um, trust me, my, my opinion is definitely not the end all be all. All I'm saying is, you know, they, they, they were given a great opportunity as far as how the franchise was started off by, by yeah. getting players with some talent. Um, now going back to what you mentioned about the chemistry thing, absolutely. I mean, you know, not to bring up, uh, you know, tragic uh, events of the past, but I mean, you know, you, you remember the shooting that happened uh, right outside the Mandalay Bay. I think it was back in September of, of uh, last year. That was right around, if I'm not mistaken, I think preseason hockey starts around September, October time. So uh, it was around the same time that that all, all that happened. I think. You know they they they've I don't know if secretly I guess they've dedicated the season to the victims from that town and um, I mean you know it, it you know, like you said you know to come together as as a as one franchise as a unit 
Um, it does speak a lot of volumes, and again, it's it's, it's going to be in the history books forever. Yeah, and it, it's very good. By the way, to answer your question about the NFL, so they did have an expansion draft, and uh, so all the teams had to um, they had to open up their they had to open up their doors uh, for guys to get uh, picked. So with it was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Carolina Panthers both came in at the same year in 1995. Um, so uh, they had to pick from players that were unprotected from the teams from existing franchises. So that's the reason why each team had to make six players available for it. So the first pick with the Jacksonville Jaguars, they took Steve, uh, they took Steve Verline from the Arizona Cardinals. The Carolina Panthers took a guy that you might have heard of, Rod Smith, from the New England Patriots. So, uh, and then they went back and forth through the rounds, and they went they went all the way down. And some interesting names uh, ended up on that list as far as that. Obviously, Steve Berline didn't make it for very long uh, in Jacksonville, but he ended up, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be, I'm just going off of memory. I think he did end up in Carolina for a little while in reality. Um, so, um, no, Mark, that I'm looking now. So he did stay, uh, but he went to Carolina in 96. So he, he was, I don't know if he was traded or whatever the situation was. So he ended up at, originally with Jacksonville and then, ended up with Carolina, but Rod Smith was the second pick in that, uh, in that expansion draft. And they went back and forth for a total of, I'm going all the way down 30, uh, 34 rounds, 35 rounds um, uh, of mm-hmm. picking. So there you go. And some names on that. Uh, and like I said, the two big names obviously were the number one, number two, there was Corey Raymond from the New York giants. I knew of him. He was a cornerback. He wasn't great, but, um, and Jeff, Jeff Novak, if you remember offensive guard from Miami, uh, he went over there, uh, to, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. So those were some of the names. Now that I'm looking at this list, um, those were the names that stood out before I looked at this list that I knew who they were and some of these other guys, they just had, they didn't have dynamite careers, but they helped, you know, set the tone and set it. And if you think about this, Cuervo, you look at Jacksonville and what Carolina did, you know, in year number two, year number three, um, they brought these guys in expansion plus the other guys that they brought into this team uh, to, to field the team. Uh, they didn't do too bad going after, you know, first two years as well. And yeah, I, I mean, I do remember Jacksonville. I think it was, what, their second year, third year? I mean, you're a Jaguar fan. You would know better than I yep. do. Um, making the AFC Championship game. Um, 1998. When they upset, yeah, when they upset uh, Denver and all that stuff. And, you know... So again, I mean, I didn't, I didn't necessarily remember that they did an expansion draft for uh, Carolina and Jacksonville as well. So, you know, I guess I kind of shift, I shift my opinion a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of credit goes to the <clears throat> the coaching staffs of these teams that <clears throat> are able to take these pieces from different places and put them all together and really, you know, get them to to click so fast like you said the chemistry was instant with these you know uh, yeah. like like 
like what happened in Jacksonville with you know with obviously Tom Coughlin is, is, is an awesome coach and there's really should be no surprise as to how fast that franchise was successful um, and I'll be honest I have no clue who the uh, the Golden Knights head coach is so uh, whoever it is I don't know uh, either you know, I just know I watch uh, it <laughs> and yeah that, whoever and, it is and the, I, the bandwagon thing is what you I don't I first first of all I couldn't pronounce half the players' names on uh, in, in NHL hockey. So, and, and then now knowing the names of the coaches, uh, not, I, I'm not really familiar with that. But I enjoy watching the mm-hmm. game because it is—it's finesse on ice and how they do it on ice. And whoever discovered this sport was wow. All I can say that it's it's an amazing sport, and I do enjoy it, and I enjoy watching it. But I don't have any rooting interest in reality when I look at that. But what the goal? I I would have latched on to probably them because I like expansion teams. I like the stories that come from. That's why I went Jacksonville. Um, the other friend that I had at that time is a Carolina Panther fan, uh, so I took Jacksonville. So um, we kind of just kept it going over the years, and as far as where it's at. But I like new teams. I like to watch those kind of things happen. Um, for you know, for the you know the first and second and third year, you get an idea, you get an idea what the prospect of what uh-huh. your team can be, um, and that's what you've seen with Jacksonville. Obviously, it's what you've seen with the Golden Knights here in the NHL. So, um, lots of interesting stories coming out of the NHL. Watching for that and seeing how far they will go. Um, uh, Vegas takes on Winnipeg in game number five. If I'm not mistaken, that game is to, is today. Um, and right now, um, Las Vegas leads that series. I think three to one. Hold on, let me look here. Uh, yeah, here it is. Th- uh, three games to one. So they got game five today, three o'clock. And I, I'm actually going to watch that. And, and why am I going to watch this, Cuervo? Is really simple. And, and it's getting to the other side of it, Cuervo. And I and the other big sport of what's going on that makes me want to break out and, and ask hey, can, questions. Can we talk? I, we got to talk about LeBron James and what's going on. Oh, and what, what, yes, I know. Why, Sonny, why? Well, and there's going to be a reason why, because I'm going to admit uh, something I don't want to, and I'm going to admit it because I'm a sports Okay, I'm going to say this. With, uh, we, uh, we lost the, the lap track. Okay, um, so, you know, I'm going to say this. I, I'm a sports analyst, okay, looking at what's going on as far as that. Um, you know, I have to put it. Oh, that was terrible. Crazy knucklehead yeah, of terrible. It's terrible what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, and it's going to make you mad, Cuervo. But, and this, by the way, this has nothing to do with listening to anybody because I made this decision two weeks ago that I hate to admit it. But I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. LeBron James is the MVP of this league. And oh, I, and, I and, thought it was going to be something it worse. Me, it makes me want to wretch that I say this because I'm not a LeBron. If you listen to this show, I'm not a LeBron James fan. But I was talking to a friend of mine at work, and he made me realize something that I, it just didn't register is is the fact that if you look at the team if you look obviously it's James Harden 
and LeBron James are the top go-getters for the MVP. For some reason, they don't think averaging a triple-jubble for two years means anything anymore. Uh, when we're talking about Russell Westbrook, maybe it's because that team was so bad that they could look at him and say, honestly, he could be an MVP. But when you look at the team, it's not – It's not. it's the value that he brings to the team as far as what James Harden is. I mean, if you just look, if you look at the team as far as Houston is concerned compared to what LeBron is. Now, granted, LeBron brought this on himself, okay? The team is not the team because of what he, the player GM that he is. He brought this on himself. But if you look at the numbers, Cuervo, and a friend of mine showed me some of these numbers, you know, James Harden doesn't even come close. And now you're talking about all-around players now. The eye test is the big question in reality when you're going to maybe try to pick an MVP of this league, Cuervo. All right, the eye test. And you may like the eye test of what's going on regarding James Harden, uh, but the simple fact of the matter is is that LeBron James, as much as it makes me want to puke in my throat, he has the numbers. He has the team. Now, granted, he has the excuse of the team because he brought that on himself, but it still doesn't change the fact that LeBron James far and away has had a better season than James Harden in reality. Listen, Sonny, I think this may shock you more than what you just said, but I'm with you 100%. I think, I I think honestly, <laughs> I mean, LeBron, LeBron should be, uh, I'd say runner-up, if not the winner, every single year. And, and trust me, I, I just threw up right now just saying that. But yeah, the, i got to get more coffee. Making, i got to get that taste out <laughs> of my mouth. Yeah, I need some mouthwash. But the point <laughs> I'm making is, look, it's a problem. It's, it's, it's not that, it's not that uh, you know, I, I don't want LeBron to win the MVP. Or, or it's not about that. It's just, look. The, the facts are the facts, and we're going to see it next year when LeBron leaves. Yeah, I said it. When LeBron yep. leaves Cleveland again for the second time because the the front office can't get it together as far no. as building around him. Look, well, hold don't, on, don't give me, no. don't give me, Kevin. Come on, Kevin Love. Let's, no, let's, Cuervo, I'm really. going to say this. It's not the front office that's the problem of this basketball team. You and I, well, you should know this. I, 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 think, I think I might have educated you enough that it's not the front office's fault. This is the LeBron James' fault. This has not, I mean, the, the front office of this team could bring anybody in there. The simple fact of the matter is, is that it's got to be LeBron approved. And that's the problem, Cuervo. Because I, and and this is the reason why people don't understand why I'm such a uh, Michael Jordan fan. Michael Jordan did it with whoever was being brought to the scene. Someone made a statement last week, Cuervo, that made me so angry. That made me so angry because this is this is a fact. It has nothing to do with anything else. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan is so good because he makes other players good around him. And I want to tell you straight out, folks. Scottie Pippen, as much as I love me, is some Scott. 
Scottie Pippen would not have been who he is without Michael Jordan. Period. I mean, you can sit there and talk about him being one of the 50th, and this was the thing that made me angry. Scottie Pippen would not be the top 50. They did that survey on top 50 players years back, Cuervo, and Scottie Pippen was up there. He would not be there without Michael Jordan upping his game because if he was on a different team, Scottie Pippen would be the uh, the – I don't know who you want to who you want to pick. You know the the golden standard of just being average and just getting along on there. I'm telling you right now, he was a good player. He was drafted, and Eichmann was not as good as he was without Michael Jordan. That's why. And everybody, if everybody doesn't say it, they're crazy. Scottie Pippen owes his career to Michael Jordan because all you got to do is take a look at him not being in the lineup, and I'm talking about Michael Jordan, what he did when he Mm -hmm. was not in the lineup and not on the team, and then when Pippen, I think, went to Houston. Okay? It was a yawn fest, okay? That is the reason why Scottie Pippen is one of the best players, uh, 50 players, to play the game. Now, LeBron James does not do that. Okay? You can talk about everything else as far as who's good, who's better, why. Now, but, and I'll even say it, as much as I don't want to, is, is that LeBron James is the best player of his era, without question. And if you think it's somebody else, you've just got a love affair. You're not being objective. And I hate, my, I, I hate LeBron James. But the simple fact of the matter is he's the best player in the world today. And that's the reason why he gets to do what he do, or gets to do what he does with Cleveland. But once that guy picks up and takes off, he had a certain he had a certain allowance in reality down in Miami. He got the three together. After that, it was Pat Riley. Cleveland, he, he's the guy that decides who's gonna be there. But if he makes his way over to LA like everybody seems to think, that that whole thing changes. It's not gonna be about LeBron. It's gonna be about a team. And the question will be Cuervo regarding his legacy how will he do on a team? Not on his hand-picked team, but on a team where someone else is doing the work as far as evaluating the talent and who's going to play on the team. Well, I think, and, and, and I understand what you're saying. I think the bigger, to me, the bigger question is, how does Magic handle this whole situation? If, if there is, in fact, an interest in LeBron going to L.A., like, you know, how does I guess I guess my question is how does Magic not necessarily sell it to LeBron, but what are the ground rules going to be like? You know, the, like the saying goes, Sonny, if, if if I could be a fly on the wall for that conversation, oh yeah, between Mag- oh, yeah. between Magic and LeBron, saying, look, this is this is how it's going to go if you want to be a Laker, because I'm telling you, Magic's going to do it, Matt Magic is loyal to nothing more besides his family, I'm sure, than the L- the Los Angeles Lakers. Like, that's, that is his number one loyalty as far as business and sports and, and all that stuff is concerned. He will not do the Lakers wrong. If I, I, I would imagine, even though it's LeBron James, if he gets that sense, like, this is going to be a bad move to bring him to L.A., then it's probably not going to happen. You know, if he gets a bad vibe about LeBron and, and the way he operates, 
and, and maybe something that he's going to try to establish. Like, no, if I come to L.A., I get to make this decision. Magic's going to look at him sideways and say, boy, you better get out of my office. I don't think he's going to – he's not going to tolerate that. I, I don't, I don't think he is either. That. So, so uh, I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's the whole LeBron to L.A. thing is really going to come down to how him and Magic Johnson click because if, if the connection's not there – if the if the mutual agreement is not there between those two, then LeBron's going to take his talent somewhere else. It's not going to be over here on the on the West Coast. I just cannot imagine what team it would be unless it's Philadelphia. I don't think it's New York. Um, I I just I just there's something I, about New York that doesn't I still do say it, New York has a chance. I'm going to tell you why I still say New York has a chance. Number one. Think about the, the marketing opportunity that LeBron has in Absolutely. the city of New York. They have not had a star like LeBron since, uh, I mean, Patrick Ewing was yeah, the biggest yeah, star that, that they've had. And, and, and Patrick Ewing was nowhere near as marketable as LeBron James is today, okay? Absolutely. Now, I don't know. I, I, this is how little basketball I watch. I don't even know if Spike Lee goes to the Knicks games anymore. If he does... That is, I mean, Spike Lee has got to be thinking dollar signs everywhere if that's the if that's the case. So that's number one. Number two, with the, with the uh, disarray that that franchise is in, I'm pretty sure that they're going to allow a little bit more flexibility to LeBron as far as decision making you know they're just like they do in cleveland they're going to consult him hey lebron what do you think about bringing this guy uh okay yeah sounds good or no i don't like that guy i i I think i think that new york is probably a place that would allow that and so if those two things uh are are uh you know are are held to be true as far as marketing and decision making then i think i think on top of that, the Knicks have the cap space to sign LeBron to to a max contract. Um, so, with all that being said, I still think New York is in play. Nobody's talking about it, and that and that's why I like I still like that idea because of the fact that the focus is is everywhere else that people are sleeping on the city that never sleeps. So, yeah, I, I really think sleeping that there's, down still, on there's yeah, I, I I really think that there's a a really good chance or opportunity for LeBron to be, you know, if he wants to call himself the king, I mean, what better place than be the king of New York? Yep. There's a movie called the king of New York, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Exactly. So, you know, yes, he, there is. Yeah. They, they can do that opening thing with the king of New York and everything and have LeBron J. Yeah. The marketing is incredible uh, for him. And plus, let's be honest. Okay. Uh I, I got look, one more point. Look, go ahead, Sonny. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Without number three is look, LeBron would be stupid. He would be absolutely stupid to leave the Eastern Conference. As weak as the Eastern Conference is, he would be dumb to leave. That's why I think Philly is 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 a good chance as well. But how is how is he going to? I mean. He well. Here's the thing. He couldn't play with Kyrie Irving. How is he going to work with Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Markel Fultz, all those young guys? Listen, 
when he went back to Cleveland, everybody had the same thought. You know, he's he's going to be the, the mentor there. He's going to be, you know, obviously the savior of, of winning a championship at Cleveland, and he accomplished that. You know, and I'm not taking anything away from him. But this whole, like, him being the mentor to the young guys, it never happened. It never happened because that's not who LeBron is. I agree. He's not a – he is not a mentor. He is a Brett Favre, Cuervo. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can, I can see the analogy there. Uh, but yeah, I and mean, he's just not—he's just not that guy, son. He's not a mentor. He's not a guy that is going to take these young guys under their wing. The Sixers—I'm telling you—that actually the Sixers would take a step back if LeBron right. to Philadelphia. It changes the because, whole. It, it changes the whole team well, in reality. It, Cuervo, and it, it changes and the whole gonna, chemistry of the team. It's and it's going to slow down the, the development of Ben Simmons and MB and all because LeBron. You know what LeBron's going to do? He's just say, "Just give me the ball. I'll take care of it." That's not mentoring. That's not developing young guys. That's not how you do it. That's not how you should leave the game. Uh, you know, think about it. it, it this is this is reason number six thousand five hundred and whatever why Michael is, is, is will always be considered better than LeBron. The way Michael paved the way and and passed off the torch to Kobe Bryant. I mean the conversations that they had with each other, whether they're playing against each other, whether it was at the All Star game, Michael. Rightfully, he did. He he passed the torch the way it should be done. Okay, who's LeBron passing it to? I don't see him passing it to anybody. Who's it? I don't see any mentoring going on. I don't see any type of lead, like nothing. I don't see anything. He's just more focused. He's he's so focused on himself and chasing something that's not there or that he's never going to catch that he's not focused on what's important, and that's leaving the game in a good in a good state after he, after he leaves the game of basketball. Yeah. It, it, I agree with you hundred percent. There's got, there's got to be something when you, by the way, it, you, you made an interesting, you know, statement. First of all, granted, and I think you're hundred percent right. The mentoring thing is not what LeBron's about. If that been the case, he would have brought a lot of young people to his talent, you know, to, to Miami, not bringing guys that are established. I think that right there proves that mentoring is not in his forte. And I listen, I don't blame him for that. I, and, and the main reason why, and I'm going to Brett Favre. Brett Favre could give a rat's fat ass that that Aaron Rodgers was behind him. Brett's, Brett's attitude towards him was, it's not my job to teach this guy how to be a football player or to teach him how to take my job, okay? Let him figure that out. That's what LeBron James is. I'm sorry. LeBron James isn't going to teach these young guys how to play. LeBron James wants that You're right. already in place before he You're even right. touches them. You're absolutely so, right. That is not – That is a, and I'm, I'm – listen – I don't even hold that against him because, listen, I, I'll tell you one of the biggest parts of me working with people is me trying to train people. I hate it. I don't want to do it. I mean, because half the time whenever I'm doing that kind of thing or doing it, it, it common sense flies out the window. In basketball, there's common mm-hmm. sense. And, and 
LeBron James don't want to teach common sense. That common sense needs to be already established before they even hit the floor. So I understand LeBron James in that portion of it. I just want guys who know what the hell they're doing. But when that happens, Cuervo, that's when you got to get them together. Dwayne Wade, uh, Bosch, and the other guys. Okay. But the simple fact of the matter is, when you talked about Philadelphia taking a step back, absolutely. And there's a reason why of that, too. Because Philadelphia, if they're doing anything right, is they're bringing the team together, developing the chemistry. They played horrible in that last round of the playoffs. Why? Guess what? They had to learn their lumps because guess what? You put it all together and you are out there. What are you trying to do? As a franchise, you're trying to build a team that can beat, and I hate to say this too because it makes me mad. You have to build a team that can beat LeBron, period. Over in the East, you've got to beat a team that can beat LeBron. And that's the only way that you're going to have success. Because the first and second rounds don't mean squat when you're talking about the NBA and talking about teams that are good. You need to get to the, the conference finals and then try to get into, the, get into the dance. And right now, Philadelphia is building a team. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you straight out. They're, they might only be two players away. It would be easier to get those two players on your team than get LeBron James. And that is the reason why I think they're going to be there. built up to beat LeBron. And it, the more they do that, the more that they will get better, and it will be about more about having four or five guys that can do a job very good instead of that one guy that, you know, LeBron James is. Because let's be honest. Kevin Love has been absent outside the last two games of this uh, of this thing. Okay, he's been absent, mm-hmm. hasn't been there. And matter of fact, and, and I'm going to say something else that's going to make everybody mad at the same time. The Cavaliers are going to win this th- th- win this series, and I'm going to tell you the reason why. It's because of what happened two years ago, Cuervo, if you remember. Okay, when they got down, LeBron James put it on his, put it on his shoulders. Teams were unable to stop that. When, when Le, I, I hate to even say this too, when LeBron puts it in his brain that he's going to flip the switch or take it to another level, and that's what he's going to do here. You watch. The Cavaliers are going to win this win this thing, and it has nothing to do. Listen, Boston has a good little team right now. Notice how I kind of said they were good, but I kind of demeaned them at the same time. they got a good little team right now. They're missing the one-two punch, and they're not going to beat LeBron James without those two guys. And, of course, you know, Kyrie Irving is the guy. And what's the other guy? His name starts with an H. He's a badass. I forget his name. Gordon Hayward. Hayward. Those two guys are badasses, and they need them in the lineup in order to beat LeBron. And it's not going to happen without those two in the lineup. LeBron James will beat that team, and he will put it on his shoulders, and I'm telling you now. And that's all I've been hearing. Oh, they're not going to make the finals. They're not. That's all I'm hearing, Cuervo. I, I actually listened to Mike and Mike on the way home, and that's all the, or on, on the way to work one morning. That's a, oh, the team's not going to make it. I, I'm like, what, what games are you watching? I get that the team is not all that good, but when LeBron puts it on his shoulders and he can get a little effort from Kevin Love, it's all over. I think I think this series is over, and that last game proved it. And watch out! I don't. I, I hate to say it. I think it's gonna uh, it's gonna be the Cavaliers now. Whether or not it's Golden State or Houston, that's a different story. I think Golden State is gonna win that one too, and everybody thinks Houston's gonna win it. I, I just 
even Stephen Curry not playing well right now, Cuervo doesn't, you know, they got three other guys that can do the work that Stephen is not playing. And when Harden is, when Harden is off, who else do they got on that team that can carry the weight? Nobody. So I, I, I take it to who can carry the weight. LeBron can carry the weight over in the East, and the three other guys besides Stephen Curry over there for Golden State will carry it for him. And that's who I think is going to get in there. Who you got? And your reasoning, since I went on a big, long diatribe like I normally do. Yeah, Sonny, so I think we're for the fourth year in a row, we're going to see Golden State Cleveland. And, and, I do and I'm going to tell you, the, I'm going to tell you the real reason why. And, that, and it's not to discredit what you just said, because everything you just said is, is true. You know, LeBron, when he, when he wants to be that killer, have that killer mentality, which is very rare, but when he does have that mentality – um, you know, he's he is unbeatable. Absolutely. But the can we talk? Real, the real. We're gonna talk. We're, we're talking right now, and this is gonna. This is going to. Uh, I don't say want to blow everyone's mind, but this is something you're not gonna hear on national TV. Okay. The real reason why it's gonna be Golden State Cleveland again is because. The league ain't going to have Houston or Boston <laughs> in the finals. There's no way. I agree. There's no way the league is going to allow that. There's no money there. The, 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 you, and you watch. I, I, I want you to pay attention to something, Sonny. Okay, so game four, right? Boston's up two games to one. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to give you something to look for in this next game between uh, 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 Cleveland and Boston. I, and, and we'll message each other, uh, whatever. Anybody listening right now, I want you to email Sonny. And, and, and after that game's over, I want you to say, damn, Cuervo and Sonny, you were right. Pay attention to the foul difference in game four. And I'm telling you, it's going to be so lopsided, it's going to hurt your brain, Sonny. That's how bad the league is going to want Cleveland in this finals. You watch and see how lopsided the difference in fouls being called is going to be. It's going to be so ugly that you're going to think it's Sacramento and the Lakers again in 2001. That's how bad this is going to be. And we all remember what the outcome was was from that series, okay? People got fired over that series. It's going to be the same thing right here in in this series because – and like you said, there, there's no marketing opportunity. Nobody cares about a, a Kyrie Irving and Gordon Haywardless Boston Celtic team, unless you live in Boston. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's be real. Nobody in LA is watching. That's for damn sure, because people hate the the Celtics over here in LA. So you're not getting, oh, yeah. you're not getting an LA uh, uh, TV rating. You're, the the you know. That people in LA are not going to watch. Okay. Right. Now, if you get Golden State, you might you might have some people that live in LA that are from the Bay Area, whatever the case may be, and they're going to watch. And so, they might even go. Uh, oh yeah, and they might even travel to the game. So that's why Houston's not going to make it. Okay. Maybe you can sell. Well, James Harden's going to win, which he is going to win the MVP because the MVP is a total tainted award. And, and it's it's totally gotten away from what the award is really about, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying that. It, uh, would you rather Would you rather have, you know, the two out of three time champion 
Golden State Warriors defending their title or eh, James Harden. Yeah, he won the MVP. That's nice and all. Yeah, Chris Paul, hey, congrats to him. He made his first NBA Finals. That's cool. It, it's just it's not as appealing as you got Kevin Durant, you got Draymond Green. What's what's the rivalry? You know, the, the, take the rivalry to a whole nother level, um, and see what happens from there. Like that that to me is a lot more marketable than eh, James Harden and the Rockets. You know, so to me that's why I say it's going to be four four times in a row, and plus it's never happened before. I mean. I, you know that that's another thing. You know the NBA is probably thinking to themselves, we need to do something that's over the top, something that's never been done before. Well, something that's never been done before is the same two teams playing each other, not just three, but four times, four years in a row. That that's a lot more selling point than the Houston Rockets who haven't been to the finals since Hakeem Olajuwon was on the team. And that was 20 years yeah. ago. Actually, it was more yeah. than 20 years ago. You're talking like 23 yeah. years ago, 24 years ago. So I don't know. I, I, I just, I just don't think the league, the league wants Houston or Boston in this thing. Matter of fact, I don't think they want LeBron to not be in the finals until he retires. They they want him in the finals every single year. Why not? I mean, he. It, let's be honest. And as much as I don't want to admit it, the guy the guy sells tickets. I mean, he and, does. And and and, it, and, the, and the reason why he sells tickets is is that he sells tickets to different people. He isn't going to sell the ticket to me, Cuervo. Oh yeah, he's that's just not going to happen. Exactly. He's going to bring different personalities, going to different uh, people to the game uh, mm-hmm. more so than than anybody else. And, and that's not the kind of thing. He's not. That's not going to bring me into the game. Okay. And, and as far as that's concerned, first of all, I, me personally, it's hard for me to. I, I, first of all, it's hard for me to spend money. Period. But uh, but if I'm going to take my sports money. And spend it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend it on LeBron James. I'm gonna spend it on something different. Um, and, and the main thing is, is that I can't. I can't put myself in a position where if I'm gonna spend my money, and this is a personal one, I'm not gonna put it on. A, I'm not gonna put it on ego. I'm gonna put it on team. I, I know, and that's old school thinking. I get it. I completely understand it. But LeBron James has not been about team ever, never mind, you know, in his life. I mean, I don't know if he was part of a quote-unquote team when he was playing in high school. All I know is they were on ESPN because of him, okay? And they've been touting this guy ever since high school. Um, and, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, I can't remember the last time I've seen the high school basketball game on ESPN, Okay. So, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feed myself, me, Sonny Clark, an ego driven guy. I'm not gonna waste my money on that guy. I wanna see guys that bust their ass. I want I you know, listen, I, I'd rather spend my money wa- watching the Philadelphia seventy sixers. 
I want to see a team like that. And I, I've seen LeBron have success. I, you know, I don't need to spend my money on that. I want to spend my money on something that we're not going to see very often. That would be Philadelphia playing well. That would be Philadelphia making it to the championship. That's where I would spend my money. Because if it's just going to be Golden State and Cleveland Cavaliers, I'm not going to waste my money. I can watch that on TNT and get the same story. You Either, you know, Cleveland's going to win or even uh, – uh, the, the Warriors are going to win, but when you have okay, and you and you have Philadelphia, you know, doing you know, play. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. I want maybe it's maybe that's it. Maybe I just want to see something different because I am not. I have to admit, I am not very much interested in these. If it ends up being Golden State, literally, I don't know how many minutes I'll watch Cuervo. I I. The, uh, uh, Unless it's a sweep on either side, is probably the only way that I'll end up watching before game four. I mean, and heck, I might not even watch it because it's the same thing over and over, and that doesn't interest me as a fan. Now, some people want to see that over and over. That's history, and I get it. And I say on this show all the time, if you have an opportunity to go see history, you should do it. LeBron James and the Warriors, it's a yawn fest, so that's yawn history more so than anything else in reality. Yeah, I mean, trust me, I, I don't I don't want to see it either. But I tell you the league doesn't care That's what way it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, they don't they don't care what we want. Uh it's yep. it's what they want. And what they want is Golden State and and Cleveland again because it's such it's it's become such a big rivalry and I think it's it's familiar territory. I think the league is yeah. afraid of somebody else making the finals and they don't want the T V ratings to plummet. But the reality is if a team like Houston made it, I don't think it would really hurt the ratings that bad. Now if Boston Houston. made it And the I reason why they got they got star power on Houston. So I yes, think they're okay yes. with Houston doing it. Yeah, if Boston makes it, then they're, the league's in trouble. They're in trouble if Boston wins the series, as far as ratings are concerned. Okay. Now, I tell you, if Boston makes it to the finals, I don't care if they're playing at Golden State or Houston, they're going to lose. So, it, that, and that in that aspect, it doesn't matter. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, you got to have people that want to watch. And if, yep. if if LeBron's not in it, people aren't going to watch. Period. I agree. So they're not they're not you know. And I think everybody knows that too. You know, and the fact that if Boston makes it to the finals, they're going to lose to whoever they play. And it's I agree. not going to be very it's not going to be very entertaining. It's not going to be nope. very interesting. I think both It's going to be teams, sweet. It, it well, will be yeah, a sweep, I mean, and it don't Boston, matter if it's Houston or Golden State, where it will be sweep, and it'll be a yawn fest. If they're lucky, and conspiracy Cuervo is on on this one, guys. I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be Boston. There's no way it's going to be Boston because of exactly the reason why. Conspiracy Cuervo, it's, I, I am right there with you. Because the simple fact of the matter is, is when you put it out there and you got the money on it, and that's what the NBA right now has the money hey, on. Can we talk? It, it, oh, it, it, there's oh. no question in my mind it's there. 
And that's another big question. Okay, so I and I know and I'm sure I know I don't want to steal your thunder, Sonny, but I'm sure we're going to talk about it. When does the legal legalized gambling begin? When can <laughs> states legalize it? When does that when does that take into effect? Because that, that it's, I it's not going to be I this year. That. It's not it's not going to be this year. It's it, it, it's okay. just passed. There's no way that this okay. is going to be able to be. They got to you know all, honestly, they got to get all the regulations and everything I, in order for that to happen. I, I actually thought it was effective immediately. That's why I brought it up. So. Well, um, it, you know, it is effective immediately, but I don't think it's going to have an impact this year. Uh, the timing of that. Now, if that came, if that decision came three months ago, Cuervo, I think we would be right there. But we're on the cusp of the of it, and I, they, they got to still put it together. There's got to be obviously federal regulations okay. are going to be a part of it. State regulations sure. are going to be a part of it, and then there's yeah. going to be teams. I want my cut part of it. There's going to be there, – there's so many things that are going on as far as that's concerned, and the NBA will want their you – know, forget the teams, the, the NBA will want a cut of it, you know. So there's a lot of thing that, things that have got to get figured out before that happens, but you're right. We are going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that up on the other side as we are here in our first hour of the Couch Potato Sports Show. We're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to get to the top of the uh, hour. But when we do, folks, when we come back, we're going to talk about that. That's the big story. That is the story that came out. I'm glad that didn't come, we didn't cover it last week because of Mother's Day. I'm glad that came out this week. So we're right up on top of it. Got our fresh takes of what's going to happen with that uh, ruling from this uh, superior court. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we'll come back, we'll talk about that on the other side. On the Couch Potato Sports Show, it's that being said. We'll be right back. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about Perfection Body Sculpting. Are you tired of seeing those love handles? Or do you just want to change your own image of yourself for a new you? Make sure you check into Perfection Body Sculpting, located in the heart of Rowlett. A $69 consultation includes a 30-minute session of Laser Lipo. So start the New Year's off with a new amazing special from Perfection Body Sculpting. And remember, your goals are our highest priority. Contact 214-735-8519 or visit them on the web at www.perfectionsbodysculpt.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. 
That's Five Star HVAC Contractors, serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at Five Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your rally at Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848, or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. Working man in sports radio as we are here into the second hour, into the second pot of coffee, getting set for it. And folks, we kind of briefly talked about it on the other side. And with the Supreme Court coming down with the decision that they came in uh, as far as 
gambling going on and everything and now everything. You know, it, it really is, Cuervo, a time where sports has changed. It's about the money, Cuervo. Let's be honest. This has absolutely nothing to do. And the people who are in charge of that money in reality, Cuervo, are the ones that made this decision and got into the head. Yep. It's about the money, Cuervo. If if anybody thinks it's about anything else, and if if what I read last week, Cuervo, is true, we're talking about values of these sports franchises all just made a big jump in the value of their their franchise. So right now, the Carolina Panthers, mm-hmm. that franchise right now, Cuervo, is more valuable today than it was last Sunday at this time. Well, yeah, I mean, well, did, did anybody buy them? I know there were a couple of bids in, I think, for the franchise. Not yet. Was it Was it actually? Yeah, see, so that that's exactly why, um, you know, the value of that team has gone up tremendously just because of the, the uh, betting opportunities, I guess you could say. Uh, hey, I mean, you know, the, the the Panthers lucked out in the situation in reality, Sonny, oh, God, because of, the, of the timing. It's just the timing of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, if anybody thinks that this whole thing is about anything but money, uh, you're just being naive. You're, you're, you're not really looking at the big picture here because the amount of cash that's about to get raked in, yeah, no, that must be it is the money. Uh, because that's, I mean, if you think, I mean, just imagine, can you imagine the amount of, oh my God, especially in the NFL? Oh, forget it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so now I've got a question for you now. This is going to be interesting. How is it going to work with college sports? Oh, it's worse. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. Students can turn around and say, okay, you know what? Now that gambling is legal, it's okay for you guys to make money off of us based on the outcome of games. Yet we don't get paid, but yet we can't get paid as the student athlete. Explain that one. That that one's going to be a tough sale. And when and if that comes down, will will there be – See, and that's the thing about the whole I think, thing, Cuervo. Yeah, how know, much of it? I, and I wish, I wish Brian could join us. I wish he was here. That's a question for him because he would definitely know, you know, have a better answer than than what I could provide because, you know, he he's he's our he's the college expert. But and, I, and that, guess that's what, Cuervo? I'm thinking about it's, it's going to change the landscape of college football which is exactly where I was going. It's going to change the landscape of college football because if you honestly think, and first of all, you can be naive all you want. If you think these guys don't have money, you guys are crazy, okay? They get money whenever they need it, whatever they want, as long as it's not so obvious, you know. Uh, But now, you're absolutely right, Cuervo. The fact that they're going to come out and say this straight out is that, well, now, not only are you going to make money on us, you're going to make a lot more money on us. The regulations are going to include the colleges on their cut. Everybody's going to get a cut. But where are the, where are the college 
players are going to fall in line with that because guess what? Just as much as anything, that would be – and I'll tell you right now, I know what would help college football better than anything. There's only one thing that will make college football better and out of the question is that the players don't play. That would yeah, that's would, what I was just would, thinking about. Quavo, Quavo, it would change the game if the, if the player said, "Listen, you know, this is a, this is a little bit ridiculous." Okay, it, it, if they say, you know, could you imagine the Alabama players not hitting the field? I mean, and just you know, travel to where or is there at home and just not take the field. The only way that the players are going to get any kind of say in this. Because let's be honest, the powers to be are going to be the one that's in control of this square bow. The only way the players are going to have any say in this at all is if they don't take the field. Because it's not going to make a difference to anybody except the people who are going to be left out. And those are the main players in this thing. Forget about the colleges. Forget about the people who got the money. Forget about the, uh, the ruling coming down. The people that control the destination of college football are the ones that are out on the football field. And if they don't make that statement by not going out on the football field, they will never get a say in this. And you watch. All the regulations and everything that are going to go on, they're not going to mention the players. They're not going to bring them. They're not going to say they should get paid. They're not going to – and forget the NFL. Those guys already are getting paid. That, that, and by the way, the players are going to get a raise too. By the way, just to let everybody know that too, um, because there's going to be more money involved with it. So, um, mm-hmm. but the ones that are going to be affected the most are going to be college football and college basketball. And if those guys take the court without some kind of deal in hand, I think they're crazy. And and I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Do do college players have the have a college player? association at all. I don't know. I, I guess I have to admit my stupidity in that because I don't know. No, that's a good question, Sonny. I, I, I honestly don't think there is a players association um, because that's probably against the rules too, just like everything else is. Uh, so, if, you know, if I had to make make an educated guess, I would say the answer is no. Yeah, I I don't think there is. And that is going to hurt every football player. I'm going to, I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, I, I, I'm pretty players don't get a cut or don't get paid. They won't hit the field in college football. And if they don't, they're really not looking out for their best interests. Because let's be honest, you and I, we've had this conversation, should players get paid or should they not? Me, I'm one that I don't think they should. But if you're bringing gambling and legally involved with this and the colleges are going to make even more money and not even think about somehow compensating these players a little bit, I think they should go out. So I've changed my opinion about players getting paid because of this ruling, because that's getting, it's bad enough that the colleges were making the money they were making off of them or are making off of them right now, but you got to mix, that number is going to be at least tripled if they're allowed to have legal gambling and with the regulations that come down, the colleges start getting a cut. It, it, it just doesn't make any sense not to pay them now. 
before you could justify it a little bit. Not really, but, you know, it's the way it's always been. But now this is such a big term in how sports are looked at. You've got to be able to do that. You've got to, you've got to put some money in these guys' pockets because, you know, same thing happens in the NFL on college. You've got a young cat coming out of high school. Uh, regardless who it is, don't even matter who it is, they have a illustrious college career ahead of them, and they get hurt and they're done with nothing. I don't, you know, it, it not see it, it just changes the dynamics and the uh, landscape of what college football is. You're right. I wish we had Tarvin in on this. He's probably at church. I was gonna call him, but I don't. I don't want his phone going off in church. Uh, but. Uh, it, it does. It changes the, the whole landscape of uh, of college football, and I think that's it, that's where the biggest effect is going to be. It, the NFL, we all knew that was going to happen, so it's not necessarily a big deal on that level, but it, it is going to be big in college. Yeah, it is, and, and you know because I mean they made such a big stink about. Uh, you know, when, when certain guys, uh, you know, get a free lunch or, or something like that. Um, so I think I think the players should make a big stink about this, you know, gambling being legalized because it's legal. Gambling is going to be legal, uh, you know, to bet on games in college sports. And, and who are the ones that play those games? It's these same guys that you don't allow – uh, to get a free lunch from somebody, so it's pretty. It's pretty hypocritical of the NCAA yeah. to uh, be on board with this, to be on board with this, and, and and make money off these guys. But yet, you know, they, uh, you know, again, I mean, you know, they get they get a free dinner or something like that, and, and now they're now they're breaking rules and they're violating NCAA rules and blah blah blah. So it's 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 yeah. pretty hypocritical yeah. of the NCAA. They're gonna have they're gonna have to they're gonna have to go through the rule book all over Cuervo regarding that. And you know who benefits? And, and believe it or not, there's a team that benefits. There's only one Cuervo, and it's just south of Chicago, south uh, northwestern. South, uh, west, northwestern is these cats already. They're loving this because they are gonna get a piece of it. They're already set, so they already know. Now, how much that will be, I don't know. But I'm gonna tell you right now, if you. It, it, uh, to me, to me, if you're if you're a football player and you got someone from Northwestern looking at you, um, yeah, you got you actually got to give Northwestern a serious look. Um, in reality, depending on what your what your priorities are, but if you're like a you're not the big superstar, but if Northwestern is looking at you and you're not the you're not the superstar that'll end up in Alabama. You're not going to end up at you know at Auburn, right? You're not going to end up at these big ones. But you, you can get some money. You're going to get paid a little bit. Now you bring in the gambling portion of it. You're going to even get paid more. Um, they're going to make out like bandits, I think, in that case. Regardless, depending on, and it don't even matter what the regulations are. But I'm going to tell you, I know what's going to happen in this square vote. You mark my words. They're still going to say the players aren't going to get anything out of this, and that's going to be the biggest mistake. And I think we're going to see the first college, you know, you know, 
I, I don't know if you want to call it a walkout or, um, you know, but th- th- those players are not going to do it. There's going to be incidents where players and a team will not play because they're not going to get their cut because that's how the NCAA works. They don't worry about the players. They, you know, and, and the fact of the matter is that when you've got guys graduating in, in, you know, in basket weaving, I'm sure that that class has jumped up big time, you know, and how they're doing it. But uh, these, these players that, that college education now today, Cuervo, even the college education does it, it, some people are even saying it's not even worth the money that you spend on it to get it. Um, and then, then you're just closing out players. I think we can have the first uh, college work stoppage in college football or basketball. I think we can see it. And, and I think it'd be. I, and I, I think it's only right that they do that. And I think, I think they're doing the right thing. I would be all about. I'd be all for it if I was. Yep. I uh, have to. I'm all happening. for it now. I'm all for it now. You bring in a different dynamic, dynamic such as gambling. These 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 guys should get some money. I you know, and, and it's the obvious reason is because of the gambling portion of it. And if mm-hmm. we thought if we thought college football was making a lot of money now, imagine it, you know. And, and I I heard this on the on the local radio station here in the afternoon. Uh, you know, imagine kiosk at the NFL stadium. Imagine kiosks for to gamble at the at, at college stadiums if that ever happens. And, but yet they're not going to give these kids any money. I, you know, it, 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 the simple fact of the matter is, and we talk about it, and and we even push the button and say, you know, say it this way. You got you got to share the wealth a little bit, and you got to give them to the players. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, even if it's some sort of stipend, I mean, I know that's been brought up before, but come on. You know, a $2,000 yep. stipend, I mean, is that really going to, like, yeah, is it going to really uh, uh, ruin the integrity of, of NCAA sports around the country? Like, no. No, it's It's ruined not, already. So. It's, it's ruined already, Querpo. I mean, if you... Hey, I'll put it out there and I'll say it. If you don't think the head coach from Alabama is giving these kids extra money or giving them money, you can live in the world that you want to live in. You can, all I want you to do is stick your head out the window and look up and tell me what color the sky is in your world. Because I don't, I believe there's corruption, and I've always said it on this show since 2009. There's so much corruption in college sports that it, it's it's unbelievable. Whether it be the players, whether it be agents, whether it be these these you know parasites that get in these kids' heads about making money and getting the money, it just goes to show the power of money. It's you know, so I don't believe at all that these coaches have anything more to offer necessarily except the, the old line that, you know, Nelly says, it's the, it's the money. And, you know, big time recruits don't go to other schools that would bore them. They go to where the money is. And you, you, and Cuervo, and to prove that point, 
if and out of the, I, I can't tell you the biggest prospect coming out of the Ivy League schools. Okay, Cuervo? I just don't I just mm-hmm. don't see it. Okay. Now, if that was the case and it was so good, we would have college we'd have guys going to college to get the education and go to the Ivy League schools too. Now the Ivy League schools might be the only ones that are doing it right. And and we've already seen that that's not happening because I'm not I'm not mistaken I forget which one of the Ivy schools got busted for even doing things outside the line. So, you know, you know, you, those, those superstars are not going to Yale. They're not going to the Stanford, you know, well, Stanford, they got some, but you, you know what I'm talking about. The Ivy, the Yale, the, the Harvard's. And the, the, when's the last one, when was the last time one of those guys were taken number one in any sporting draft ever? I, you know, I, I can't think of any. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't either. So, yeah, it, it is this, this whole thing. I mean, now, now, on a personal level, forget forget the NFL, forget the players, forget all that. On a personal level, you and I level, what do you think about this gambling thing? Do you like the idea of it, being able to do it? Now you don't have to go to Vegas all the time. Now you can drop a $20 bill down on something if you want to place a bet and not, not necessarily have to worry about it being legal, but at least you can do it in your hometown. Uh, yeah, and it's a convenience thing. I don't really think it makes much of a difference because there's offshore all betting that goes on all the time. It's what I, I mean, did. There's people. It's there's what people, I did. There's people. Yeah, there's people doing it right now as we as we're talking about it. But the you know the point is it's it this has become a convenience factor for a lot of people like me being in the state of California. Um, you know, like you said, I don't I don't have to go to Vegas to go to a casino and drop 20 bucks on, you know, Cleveland in game four or whatever the case may be. I can go to the casino down the road about 20 minutes away and say, Hey, get put, put 20 down for Cleveland, please. You know, put me down for yep. 20 on Cleveland. And I don't have to worry about going online and, and uh, uh, you know, withdrawing money from my bank account online and people getting my information uh, you know, debit card information. Like, so there are, there are some, there is some good to it. Um, does it, does it change the world of gambling? Not really. I mean, it expands it a little bit, but it's, 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 I don't think it's going to be as huge of a dramatic jump as people think, uh, unless you're in that business, then you're, you're kind of celebrating because of the amount of opportunity that increases with it. But for, for guys like you and me, I mean, I don't know if it changes too much because, I mean, we're not avid gamblers to begin with. So, but yeah, know, for other people, true. I mean, it's just, for, for the average fan, it's, it's a convenience thing. Like I said, just because you don't have to go online anymore and, and worry about people stealing your, your bank information or whatever the case may be. Now it's just, like I said, if if you live ten minutes away from a casino, you could drive down there, throw your money, get your ticket, and hope for the best, you know. And that's really the big difference right there. It's, it's, I'm gonna it's t- more. I'm gonna tell you. There's more opportunities for for cash for cash bets to be made, uh, which is 
which is good for local casinos around around the country. Yeah. I don't know, Cuervo. I'm, I'm, I'm. I have to, I have to admit, when I come out here, I, you know, as it is, we're going to have apps for this now. Everything else, but can you imagine the security? How, Cuervo? I can't even get into my web brute security on my computer because you have to have three freaking passwords and everything else. Imagine how complicated <laughs> that's going to be. I mean, she's. I'm going to raise a computer out the window because there's two passwords I got to remember. Um, and and then they want to okay. know the second and third. Yeah, they want to know the second and fifth character of your security uh, security code and all kinds of shit. And I'm just like, hell, I can't even manage it on this level. Imagine how much more it's going to be, you know, well, you know, because of you know those kind of things. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's in the pain. What's a pain in the ass for me, Sonny? And I and I don't know how this happened, but so I used to use it was literally it's just called sportsbook.com, right? And I and yeah. I was using that website for a long time, and I, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened, but apparently there was a a promo that I that I applied my account to or something like that. Bottom line is. I, I I couldn't make any more wagers, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I called, and they're like, uh, yeah, apparently you owe you owe us twenty dollars, and I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how, but apparently that, that I, I, I did something. This. Yeah, I did something, and now I owe I owe that website twenty bucks, and I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Maybe I made a mistake, you know. So I'm like, how do I pay this? How can I pay you? Oh, well, you, you have to get this certain type of, of gift card, and, you know, you just call back with this. Uh, it, the, the point is, Sonny, it was such a difficult thing to just pay that 20 bucks off that I stopped using the website. I, yeah. I, I just I stopped is, using is that, it. I, I didn't even use it no more. Is that the Bitcoin it, you know, thing? It, it might have it been Bitcoin. But they, but they wanted me to use some other like e wallet or some other yes crazy. That's why I that. stopped Cuervo. That's exactly the reason why I stopped. I got to do a bunch of craziness in order to place a place a, a ten spot on it. I mean, drop a ten dollar parlay. Can can we can, can we talk? I mean, literally, it just drove me nuts. And 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 I was. I, I can't, can I, we go? Can we stop all this? I mean, what's with all the passwords, too? I mean, geez, I, I remember <laughs> yeah. back in the day, Cuervo, I had one damn password, and it worked for every damn thing. Now everybody wants mm. you to change it every three weeks, and my brain, you know, you know, remembers things. You know, I, I can't change passwords 10,000 times and expect to remember it. My aggravation on passwords on websites are just, I'm just about had it. Zero. Zero tolerance. Oh, man. I'm so. And, and again, I'll, be, I'll give you an example. My web brute. That's my security on my damn computers. You have to have not only. You have to have your login. You have to have a password. Then you have to have a security code. And then you need to know certain certain characters of the thing. And, and if you if you're thinking wrong or you spell something wrong, that's the fifth word, first fifth letter. No, it's actually the sixth. Now you can't get logged in. You do that to me, lights your ass out. Well, I'm so sick of it. I, I <laughs> Sonny, you you could blame that on on people that are hackers. You know, these, yes. these, these computer nerds that that know how to hack into people's. 
uh, stuff. You could blame those kids for that because yes, I mean I'm That's sure the smart I mean, not people that, of the world. Yeah, I mean because I mean back you know ten years ago you didn't have to worry about that stuff when when computers were first being you know introduced and well actually it was more like twenty years ago but I mean it just it just you know everything the technology is so advanced now that. People could just sit at home and hack in other people's accounts. It's, it's yeah. crazy. I, it's gives, it gives me a headache. I mean, you know, it's unbelievable. Seriously, I, you know, my computer crashed and I had to reload the security. And they, well, and, and this is what I got from the the people when I called them. You don't remember your password? No, damn it, I don't. Okay, jeez. I mean, wh- what more do you want from me? It's like, you know, they, they act like I'm. Sh- they're shocked that I can't remember two passwords. How I'm lucky to remember my name in the morning. Never mind anything else. I just like God. I, I mean, it, it is. It's it's frustrating for me because I'm, and it's probably because I'm just an old man and I just you know, I when I want things, I want things when I want them. I don't want. I don't want to be on anybody else's schedule, and if I get tied up, you know, to do it. But and another one, another one that I'm dealing with on the same thing is Directv Now. I have Directv Now. I don't have the the whole package. It's you know, it's ten bucks, and I'm paying for this thing on on some price. But you have to have an AT and T login and password. You have to have a Directv login and password. That's that's too too many. <laughs> that, that, that's just can I just log in and watch the damn show? That's all I want to do. So, but you're right. The, the, the hackers have made that. And, and there's another thing, Cuervo, with this gambling thing that's going on. There's yet another thing about that that's going to be. Yeah, you know, I, I can't even imagine all the things they got to do in order to get this actually to work and work correctly. You know, I, I just see a great big kaboom. You know, problem with it. Um, when they, when it gets introduced and ready to go, I I think it's going to be a big big problem. You know, I think at first it will be uh, just because yep. they got they you know certain states and certain you know uh, businesses whatever they they're going to have to work out the kinks as far as how how you know what's the best way to uh, to get a good flow going of of you know people doing gambling because there's casinos out there that they've never had to deal with this. So there's going to be a lot right. involved as far as, as knowing how to advertise, you know, all the, all the games and, and showing, you know, all the lines for all the games. So there's, there's going to be a lot that goes into it and it's going to take a while for, for a good system to come down, uh, you know, for your local casino. So, um, you know, I, I wouldn't advise you trying to go in today and trying to, uh, or, or next week to bet on the uh, actually wait was the end of the triple was the was the last horse race yesterday I think the Preakness or is it Preakness or is no, Churchill down or is Churchill one Downs more. right is the last one or is it uh, yeah oh, what the, what's well, they it had the, I can't remember. the Kentucky Derby then they had the Preakness and, and then this I forget I I, forget, I thought Churchill Downs was the Kentucky Derby I might be wrong. Um, but but you there's know, one more, right. the triple crown. The 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 one that's one the the one the Preakness is on route for the triple crown. So whenever that next race is, um, it's all set and ready to go. I think it's but, next week. I want to say it's next week or two weeks from now. 
it could be. That's just going to show how much I keep that kind of stuff as well. So, but 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 horse racing is big. Sonny is my point, and you know, for people that bet on horse racing, I don't think you're going to be able to do it next weekend at your local casino. Is what I was. I guess was the point. <laughs> the point I was making. But next year it'll be ready to rock and roll. Uh, uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That way you that way you can actually watch the race without a big ass hat in your way so you can't see. You know, I, I did you watch that by the way? I mean I I, I find it amazing each and that all the women out there wearing these big have you seen those bird cages on top of some of these women's beds? You know, at, at the uh, Kentucky Derby, it's the most amazing thing you'll ever see. I was just like, oh, my gosh. I mean, and and my luck, if I, if, if I ever scored tickets to go to the Kentucky Derby, it would be my luck. I'd be sitting behind the birdcage woman in front of me and wouldn't be able to see the race. I got a question for you, Sonny. I, I, I know we're going off topic here, but just to kind of get the conversation flowing here, outside of your – of your most common, like most popular basketball, baseball, football, you know, hockey, sporting event. What's the one you would go, you would be interested in going to the most? Outside the, outside the four? Outside of the four. Minor, does that include minor league? Uh, I mean, if you want to choose minor league, by all means. That's what I would do. Go for minor it. league. Any minor league. I, I love my, well. Okay. I love like, minor like league college sports. World I love, No, no, like minor league hockey, minor league uh, football. Um, Frozen you know, Four. My, my, yeah, huh? Frozen Four. The Frozen Four. That's that's college. Yeah, that's college. Um, but no, like minor league. Uh, we have a minor league hockey team down here called the Allen Americans. Heck, over there, uh, they had the Los Angeles Ice Dogs there for a long time. I don't know if they're still there or not. Uh, they played in the league when okay. when I was in Phoenix. Yeah, so I, the minor leagues. I'd go to a minor league baseball game. That's where I that that's where I would go. Minor league. Ba- okay. I, I love minor league sports, but it, and the main reason is is that even though some of them may have egos, they're just not making the money yet. So they mm-hmm. still have somewhat of an innocence of the game. You know, they're not spoiled by the game in reality. So, you know, that, that's why I enjoy minor leagues. Or you see guys down in the minor leagues where they came up and they're trying like hell to get back. You just see better effort, I think, in my opinion. You know, and, and even the minor league basketball, the D League, uh, they call it now the G League because Gatorade sponsors it. But it used to be called the uh-huh. D League. I I, lo- I love minor leagues, and I live in a great town where they got them all. They got like two hockey uh, teams, they got uh, basketball, they got you know. But yeah, that's where I spend my money. That's where I go. Where Where's yours? I would actually like to go to Augusta. I think I would enjoy that. The Masters. The Masters. I'm sitting here thinking, is there any golf tournament? Oh. No, let me – I'll take that back, Cuervo. <laughs> Wimbledon. I'd, I'd, love, I'd go to Wimbledon. Okay. I, I, and I'm a, I'm, we don't talk about it on the show. I watch it every year, Cuervo. I watch, I watch Wimbledon every year. It's, it, it's one of those things. Um, it, it's, 
because no one wants to talk when, when people are talking sports talk they don't they don't talk Wimbledon no no one does um, so we don't talk about it you know Hell, on this funny, show half the people probably don't even know what Wimbledon is you're saying Wimbledon yeah, they probably that, don't even know what sport you're talking about <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a good point too so it, it's one yeah. of those things where where you know but yeah I would I would go to I'd go to the um, and, and I'd want to see. The first few rounds, I wouldn't want to go to the championship. I wouldn't. I'd want to see the first three rounds uh, of Wimbledon, the the first week, or uh, and second week of Wimbledon. You know, second week toward the end, I'm not interested, but just to see more people. So, yeah, witness that's what any I'm upsets that it. might happen. That, that exactly something like that, um, mm-hmm. as far as that's concerned. So, and, and that's actually coming up just to let you know, I'm up on top of it. And it's right at the beginning of July. Um, and I do, I watch a lot of it because they put it on a lot of the networks. They put it on USA sometimes. And I, I do, I watch it. And I, you know, right now, of course, the baddest woman on the planet right now, Serena Williams, that woman, that woman hits the ball so damn hard. It's, yeah, there's not too many people that can beat that woman. Um, so I, I watch. Yeah, I, I do. I watch a fair share of uh, tennis because I like it, and, and I will watch the U.S. Open. I'll watch that, but if I if I got the opportunity to go, I'd go to Wimbledon. It's a good choice. Yeah. So that's a good choice. But yep. So. Yeah, I, I, I love it. So, um, what we're gonna do now, Cuervo? Let's let's hop into this. Let's uh, let's take our next break as we are coming up, um, as we're halfway through the show, and we got we haven't even touched the NFL because there's some big news in the NFL. So we'll do that. We'll we will hit the NFL when we come back. Obviously, finish up the show that way, and then we will because and the gambling. I think we we know what the gambling is going to be as far as the um, the impact on that it's going to be huge. Like I said, I think we'll see kiosks at the freaking uh, at the uh, uh, the uh, stadiums and everything. So uh, that's going to be a big pay- impact on that. So we're going to do that. Let's take the quick break and we'll talk about the other news that is out there as far as the NFL because there I think there's going there's a lot of it. So we'll do that here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we'll dive right into the NFL. And why is the button not working? Sometimes I hate this thing. So let's see here. Right there it goes. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks, amazingly fast. Scooters only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooters, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich, velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooters Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66, with a convenient drive through so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooters Coffee, located in Rowlett. Selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. 
Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com. That's Brian with a Y, not nichadwick.jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks in a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit them on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified, licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. At the Jerry Bullet Training Center, we are a motivated team of coaches with the mindset of helping you achieve and reach your highest goals. Having developed and trained over 100 Division I athletes as well as Division II athletes, even professional athletes, the Bullet Team definitely has the knowledge and mindset to take you to the next level. Check out our new 22,000 square foot facility and 3,000 square foot weight room along with 4,500 square feet of outdoor turf and covered training area along with football and soccer fields. Contact Melvin Bullet at 214-326-7853 or visit their brand new facility just outside of Waterview at 8900 Princeton Road in Rowlett. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. 
Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. We talked about the 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 impact of you know sports betting and what's going on. We talked about the NBA and of course LeBron James and and his thing there as far as where he is at. But really, to be honest, this show is about football. I mean, we'll throw our opinion about there. You know, sometimes my opinion, I'll put it out there. Sometimes my opinion isn't as educated as some of the others. I got my personal opinion about it. But when it comes to football, it, you know, this is our specialty. This is what we're looking out for. And, and, and I've got to ask Cuervo, did you break down and spend the $13 and watch and get Amazon Prime again and watch this thing on the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, the other ones they had on there were good, but this Dallas Cowboy one was it. Have, have you broken down? Did you pull out the wallet and the credit card to pay for this thing yet? I, I I did not, Sonny. I'll be honest with you. It just doesn't ah. interest me enough. I'm sorry, it doesn't. It, normally, it doesn't for me either. Um, they had the Arizona Cardinals on there and everything else, but I, what I liked about it is is that the players forgot the cameras were there, and you can tell, and just the way it is, they and and they didn't just find the good stuff to put on there, like you know the one on HBO. What's the one on HBO? Uh, hard knocks, yeah, hard knocks. That's all they do is they just accentuate the you know the positive and stuff like that. Oh no, contraire, mon frere. Especially, but which also, by the way, you get to see how you know the words that I'm trying to find to 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 describe the star where the Dallas Cowboys play. This this facility facility is immaculate. I've never seen anything like it. And um, they got classrooms. They got it's almost like a little college. They got their the medical staff. You know the the doctors on staff inside the building. I mean all kinds of stuff. I mean the just the the learning about what Jerry Jones has done. We're talking about another billion dollar uh, 
facility that he put together. I did it with the with the two billion dollar one for Jerry's World, but a billion dollar in this you know building and facility for the Dallas Cowboys. This guy definitely knows what he's doing. That's all I got to say. I mean, he knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to marketing and putting it together. And if you're a football player and you don't want to play for the Dallas Cowboys, you'd be a lot uh, – I, I don't know what your problem would be. That having been said, Cuervo, I want to talk a little bit more about the Des Bryant because he's right here in our, our area, okay? The big story, Des Bryant's still not signed yet. And I find this really completely and utterly amazing why this guy mm-hmm. hasn't been signed yet. I know why. I mean, all you got to do is watch that show that I'm talking about because he definitely shows who he, he is in this character. And it's someone that people don't want to be around. And they even tried to tell him that, and he didn't listen to it. You, you don't get it. Yeah, that may be you, but guess what? People don't want to be around you that way. And, and I think his... And that is his, I think, beyond, you know, going past Bob Hayes as the leading touchdown uh, guy in Cowboy history, uh, regardless of how many yards that he puts up, you know, it's his legacy that he's going to leave. It's not about football, Cuervo. And, of course, you know, I was was all done with, with, with him as soon as he hit his mom. Because that's the lowest of low. That's the that's the pu- that's the bacteria that lives under the pus of the lowest of low of any ocean, ever, it's feeding off the bottom. That's where he is. That's a, that's that's a bad as a scumbag. He is personally, but really and all honestly, Cuervo, when you're talking the NFL, you're talking talent. If you got it, someone's gonna grab you. This guy's gonna be somewhere. But do you think that his mouth is the thing that is preventing him from being signed? Or do you think it's because of his diminishing talent that he has? Or What do you think the reason is why Des Bryant is not signed to this day to a football team right now? Honestly, <clears throat> Sonny, I think, it's, I think it's about – I don't think it really has so much to do with him. I think it's – the timing of signing a Des Bryant, and, and, and I know it's it, – it, allow me to explain, or I'll try to explain the best I can. <clears throat> With a guy like him of his, of his caliber as far as popularity is concerned, not talent because I mean, we all know the talent hasn't been there for the past couple of years. When, when you try to jump on a guy like a Des Bryant um, – his value is still kind of high. I think people, I think teams are, are waiting for his value to drop a little bit because as the days go on, um, I think that it, it's, a, it's a chess game. It's, it's a matter of, you know, who's going to blink first as far as willing to give in to a contract situation. Is it going to be Tess Bryant, his agent, or is it going to be a certain team? Now, the Baltimore Ravens have really they've opened the door for other teams to kind of see uh, where his head is at. And the reason I say that is because he turned down the multi-year contract. Uh, it's, it's really not much of a secret that he's looking for a one-year deal. Now, with that being said, name of the show, how much is that one-year deal worth? 
what is he looking for in that one-year deal? Is it ten million? Is it twelve million? Is it eight million? I think that's what teams are waiting for to see if if he's going to be willing to drop his price because I'm telling you, it's like nobody's paying him more than I'd say right now at this time in his career, he's probably worth I'd say no more than nine or ten million, and, and I think he's asking for more than that. And teams are saying, "Oh, you know what? We're we're not interested at this time," and, and he he's got to wait it out to see if anybody's going to bite and. Once he realizes that nobody bites, then his agent is going to say, okay, you know, we're willing to go down to 8 or nine or, or 8.5 or whatever the case may be. So I think that's what teams are waiting for, for, for him to say, all right, I'm willing to drop my, my price to this. And then teams will be like, okay, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get you in for a workout, and if we like what we see, maybe we'll make you an offer. I think teams are just kind of playing chess with him right now. And, and waiting for him to drop his price because teams are not going to jump on a 10, mil, 10 million bucks for a Des Bryant who has been injured the past couple of years and is, you know and it's just not worth it anymore. Yeah, and what he says and what he'll accept, I think, are two different things because if you listen to him out there, he says he'll play for the league minimum for one year or for for a football team. Um, you know, and what he will actually take is is something else. But here's an interesting other thing: as we move close to uh, to training camp, a key thing that I think in reality is, um, you know, for unfortunate for the teams is that Des Bryant's really, you know, he's carrying all the cards right now because what's going to happen. As every single year that happens, we can't predict who it's going to happen to, but someone's going down in training camp, Cuervo. There's going to be a big name in training camp this season at the wide receiver position It's going to go down. Happens every single year, Cuervo. And that is where Des Bryant holding the cards, it's to his advantage. Um, so him not signing right now, I don't necessarily think, and this is necessarily thinking, that it is a big deal that he is not signed yet. Because every year we hear about one team. It may not be the three that he wants to go to, but right now he can play that game. He wants to only go to one of three teams, but when one of those three teams don't want them, or maybe, of course, that being the Dallas Cowboys, they may not even want them. It'll be that desperation time when someone gets hurt and then someone's picking up the phone calling Des Bryant's agent. So I think he's still holding all the cards to get what he wants for right now, But and, and especially if a player goes down Cuervo in training camp, he's really good. Yeah. So his, his idea of – you know, the league minimum right now, if you're a team that wants a Des Bryant for a league minimum, let's call his bluff. Let's see if he'll actually sign it and you get him at the league minimum. Or as soon as one of those guys go down, the price goes up for Des Bryant. Normally that works in reverse in reality, Cuervo. It does, Sonny. And, you know, I mean, that's why, that's why I think, you know, teams are kind of, it's it's a gamble either way you go really it's it's a yeah. gamble because you know either either you don't sign him and you don't have to worry about paying a guy as much as he's asking for or you know you have that luxury of just having an extra receiver out there 
And in case somebody does go down on your team, you know, you have Dez as, an insur- as a great insurance policy to, uh, you know, for your football team. So it's it's really, I mean, you know, it's just kind of like last year when, when uh, you know, with, with uh, Jay Cutler saying that he was going to go to the to the broadcast booth and, and then all of a sudden Frank Tannehill goes down. My thing is if, if teams – had pursued him as a backup, I mean, not to say that he would have done it, but you never know. I mean, you don't know unless you ask. You know, you, know, you don't know exactly. unless you make the offer. So, you know, there's a team out there that could have gotten Jay Cutler. Hell, even Miami themselves could have gotten Jay Cutler for cheaper than the $10 million that they wind up paying. Why? Because I agree. Once, once Tannehill went down, then it became a, hey, Jay, we need you. Not as in, hey, Jay, we would like to have you back in Ryan Tannehill. So there's a huge difference between those two statements. And Miami literally paid the price for that. So um, I don't know how much cheaper they could have gotten him for, but even $2 million bucks. I mean, you're saving $2 million bucks. You know, you, that is, So it, it really does make a difference. We'll we'll see, but I, I just think it's a chess game right now. It's either it's either you take that gamble and you sign him for cheap, or you know you wait to see if you need him, but you're willing to pay more. Exactly, and depending on how much you're willing to spend at that porch, it's it is. Uh, and Des Bryant, you know, Des Bryant made his money. He don't care. That that's that's just the way it is. You know, he don't care. But you know. As soon as the opportunity for more money comes involved with it, I think, yes, that, that is. It, it is an option for him. So it, it's always going to be a story, especially down here in Dallas, about a Des Bryant. But since we're talking about Des Bryant and what's going on down here since the Dallas Cowboys went ahead and did what they did regarding Des Bryant, then you've got Terrence Williams who went out and did what he did. I don't know if you heard the story about Terrence Williams down here in Dallas, but the, I don't know, is he considered number two? I don't know. Number one, I don't know where the Dallas Cowboys have Terrence Williams, but Ter- Terrence Williams goes out and creates reality and really has in reality hurt his chances of being the Dallas Cowboy. He, first of all, he smashes up a Lamborghini, Lamborghini in a light pole uh, over near the star in Frisco. Uh, which is where their practice facility is and everything. So, uh, so now we got that problem going on. If you're, you know, but now if you're Terrence Williams trying to make this football team, you just put yourself in a very bad situation. Now, uh, are they? Are, I think his his stock actually went down, and his guy could be out the door because it's a it's a drinking driving thing. Although he didn't get busted for DUI, he got from leaving the scene. Uh, uh, leaving the scene of an accident uh, and all that other stuff, but not the DUI. So, but I look at the Dallas Cowboys and I was listening to, you know, your favorite guy of mine, of course, that, you know, and I say that facetiously, um, Colin Cowherd. Uh, Colin Cowherd says the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. And I want to know what, I, I mean, what things that have happened especially even after the draft, that makes them think this. I really – I mean, granted, they have Ezekiel Elliott back, and this is a different football team without Ezekiel Elliott, without question. Um, they're much better with him than without him. And 
Um, but you take away from that, Dak Prescott needs someone to throw the football to. And right now, the Dallas Cowboys, they are hurting at the wide receiver position, even with the guy that they grabbed up in the, in the, uh, in the draft. Uh, yeah, which, I mean, he wasn't the greatest draft pick, but, you know, that's, that's who they, I guess that's who they drafted. You know what I mean? But uh, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. I, you know, he explained why. And I, and I heard that, that part of his show that day. And for the life of me, I just can't remember why he chose the Cowboys to win. I think it was more about the fact that the other teams haven't really done a whole lot. And, um, that fact that, uh, you know, offensively that they're just so much better. It, it had, it was something along the lines of that. I, I don't remember exactly, but I just know it had something to do with, with the other teams not improving as much. Uh, so it's kind of like by default, in other words. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how. I mean, because really, if you take a look at what's going on regarding the NFC East. Right now, if, if you think anybody but the Eagles right now are capable of winning that division right now, that listen, they've lost some, get me wrong, but th- this is still a football team that offensively right now is the best in this division, without question. I mean, I, if anybody thinks that the Dallas Cowboys have the better offense, they're not. I love me some Dak Prescott. Frankly, what's going to hurt them is the Dallas Cowboys not having that guy that – he feels comfortable getting uh, getting the ball too because I'm going to tell you I watched this thing and Dak Prescott doesn't feel comfortable giving Des Bryant the ball and that was yet another reason why Des Bryant sat on this football team. I I watched this thing and yes I probably shouldn't fall into too much of that but just listening to the way he presented himself and how he presents himself. On a daily basis, Cuervo, I think we saw Des Bryant for who Des Bryant is in this show. And it's a guy that is not a good guy. And De- listen, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott is a guy that wants to do the right thing at the right time for the football team. Des Bryant is not that guy. But also, the big thing in this show, this, uh, I forget the name of it, but, you know, uh, all or nothing. The big thing about this show is is that I think they breezed over a portion of the show that I thought was very interesting, and you would have liked it, Cuervo. It was not Jerry Jones, but it was Stephen Jones sitting down with his family, and the daughter asked him the question, is there any guys that you picked that you regret taking? Now, knowing the camera was on him, that being uh, Stephen Jones, he answered the question that uh, more so of, regret not taking and you knew who was in their mind or in his mind at that time that being Randy Moss because let's be honest Des Bryant oh yeah that that he was Randy Moss and so I think we got a combination answer without it actually being spoken in reality Cuervo you know we passed on Randy Moss and now we got he's not going to necessarily slam Des Bryant on this show but you can tell that that was in the back of the minds of that football team in reality. And that's what I got out of that. And down here in Dallas, that's everybody, That's what everybody's talking about, the all-or-nothing show. And no one has made mention of that. But I think 
that as an organization, the Dallas Cowboys decided they missed on Des Bryant being the next Randy Moss. Well, yeah, and 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 if you remember, Sonny, when when they had the opportunity to grab uh, Des Bryant up, that's exactly what what they were saying is that they didn't want to pass up an opportunity to get another big playmaking receiver like Moss. And, and so that's why they took Des Bryant. I don't think they were crazy about him when, uh, when he did come out of college or, or whatever. It, I don't think he was their top choice, but I think it was one of those, well, he fell into our lap and we just couldn't, we couldn't pass that opportunity up. We'd be thought of as Des Bryant or Randy Moss, and, and he's going to go out and go someplace else and kick our ass and win championships. That's what they were thinking about Des Bryant, without question. Right, and, and, and they didn't want that to happen again. So they were like, hell, I mean, this guy's sitting right here. You know, we're going to take him. So they did. And, I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest, Sonny. It, for the first five years, hey, he was, he was, what, top three in the game. He really was. I mean, stats-wise, talent-wise, he was a top three receiver in this game. Um, over time, though, I mean, whether his health declined or just his production in general declined, obviously things changed once Tony Romo, uh, you know, got hurt that last time and Dak Prescott came in. It changed the dynamics yep. of, of the offense totally. So it's yep. really, I mean, you can't, I don't know if you can really blame Dez on that one. It's just the the offense, the philosophy, it shifted, it changed. And they pretty much, uh, you know, they pretty much said, you know what, um, we're going to be a running team again, kind of like how we were back in the 90s with Emmett Smith, and we're going to throw when we need to. And that's why you saw Aikman, Troy Aikman's numbers weren't that great. They, they were they were average, you know, 3,000 yards, 20, 20 to 25 touchdowns, you know, a season or whatever. And, um, you know, but it, that, and that's why Tony Romo, if I'm not mistaken, he's the all-time leading thrower, passer in Dallas Cowboys yep. history. If, it's either him or Staubach. It's one of those two. But, um, but Romo got there so fast just because of, of the way the game changed and it became a throwing yep. league. You know, it, 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 but uh, but as far as Dez is concerned, I mean, well, like I said, once Romo was out of the picture, you know, it became about Dak and Zeke Elliott and, and that offensive line that they have, and, you know, it, it changed. Now, see, now what, what, what's interesting to me now is now that Jason Witten is retired, does that how does change what they want to do offensively because, you know, they don't have that extra – you know, uh, safety valve to go to whenever they need it. They don't have that anymore. Yep. Yeah, so I think also the loss of Jason Witten Cuervo, it, it, it just impacts this uh, this uh, deal with Williams getting in trouble. I mean, you lose Des Bryant, you lose Jason Witten. The expectations mm-hmm. of Williams to step up was is so huge. And th- this kind of behavior, um, uh, they busted him at home. He was in jail until he got, you know, I don't, I'm not sure how he got out or 
you know, you know, that whole situation. I, I that part I don't know. But here's what I will say: he didn't do himself any favors. And right now, the Dallas Cowboys really have nobody. They got the rookie. Uh, I forget his name. They grabbed him up. I don't know who it is. I, I mean, I, I I thought it was the it wasn't the right pick at wide receiver. I'll find out who it is here in just a moment. But this rookie cannot be expected to go out there and be the number one wide receiver on this football team. So the Dallas Cowboys have to take that step where, though, they've got to go ahead and they have to grab up a guy that can come in immediately in reality and do the job. And I, I see right now, you know, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, is going to be in a situation where he's going to have to do what quarterback greats do, make someone better than they are. And frankly, and I love Dak Prescott. I don't think Dak Prescott is there yet in his career in order to do something like that. He's still young. He's still in his second year. If you want to call that second year a sophomore slump, wonderful. But he is not ready to take that step as a quarterback to make somebody else better to step up and be that number one guy. And that is the complete problem right now with with the Dallas Cowboys. You can say whatever you want about their offensive line. They did get better. They did well in the draft. They wrapped up that young cat too, offensive line. Now, I'll get these names here in a moment. But I'm going to tell you, the Dallas Cowboys, without a receiving core, they're going to depend upon Ezekiel Elliott. And guess what? Defensive coordinators aren't stupid because we've always said it on this show. If I'm thinking it, the defensive coordinator is thinking it. If all they got to do is stop Zeke Elliott because they don't have options going to football, that puts the Dallas Cowboys behind the eight ball of not winning anything. So before they even get started in the season, they're in a lot of trouble, Cuervo. Yeah, they are. Um, you know, just and it's it's crazy because just losing one guy in Jason Witten <clears throat> changes everything. Yep. I mean, losing Des Bryant Leadership. is bad enough. Michael Gallup yeah, had... is the guy they grabbed up. Yeah, I mean, it's Mike, bad enough Michael... that they lost Des. Uh, but but to lose Witten, I think it was a bigger loss because it was unexpected. You know, I mean, at not... the end of the season, it was... they, it... It, it, uh-huh. it was unexpected, Cuervo, to the media. Because I think on purpose did not put this thing out until the end of the season until after Witten. Because if you watch the show, Witten was given the big hints that he was done. This is last year. We got to do it. Uh, giving big hints towards that. Michael Gallup is the guy that grabbed up in the draft, by the way. Um, which, by the way, I don't think is the right guy. Guys, five ten for a receiver. And sorry. Yeah, they picked up Michael Gallup, wide receiver. God, never even and, heard and of him. It, you, you haven't heard – I think now – I find that funny, Cuervo. As such a college aficionado that you are, that you don't know who Michael Gallup is compared to – and I knew who he was, which, which scares me, um, which tells me I'm obviously looking in the wrong direction because I've heard of Michael Gallup. Um, and I – me personally, when they grabbed this guy up, okay – this was not the guy that, you know, of course, I wanted them to go after, if you listen to our show, I wanted them to go after the dude out of SMU, the big tall guy, the guy that can make that can make plays. And instead, they go get Michael Gallup, and um, you don't even know who this guy is. And the fact of the matter is, and, and all, he is. Yeah, the name doesn't sound familiar, Sonny. Maybe if, 
maybe if you told me what school he goes to, but I, I don't – name doesn't sound familiar to me. Yeah, well, the other guys, he was he was being considered Cuervo. Um, I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out what kind well, – I don't even know why I heard of this guy. I think they probably did like a focus on him, and that's when I was happened to be watching or something. But, I, you know, I, before the, the draft and before we did what we did, I, I'd heard of a Michael Gallup. Um, so uh, I, I thought he was like out of Colorado or something, I, and I might be wrong. I just don't know it off off the top of my head. But um, you know, th- this was not. I, I guess it's like this when I, when I think about it. This is not the prototypical wide receiver that the Dallas Cowboys need to have because the guys, if I'm not mistaken, five ten for God's sake. Michael Gallup is not anything to write home to mama about at all, but yet they're talking about it in this area. Cuervo, like this was one of the best picks that the Dallas Cowboys ever made at the wide receiver position. Now, could that be because they're trying to save face? Okay, maybe that's it. Um, but the simple fact of the matter is, is that Michael Gallup is not anything a- at all. Um, and, and if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong about this as well, um, the the upswing what they were trying to sell was the upswing and his intelligence. Well, let's let's be honest, Cuervo. If you're a wide receiver, okay, I don't think intelligence steps up to too much of it in reality. I don't think, you know, I, I think in reality, you know, you, you need a guy who's athletic. You've got a guy who knows, uh, that knows the wide receiver game. But they're talking about all-around intelligence, and I don't think that makes a difference in reality when you're talking about wide receivers and in the NFL, I think if you if you're athletic, and case in point is Des Bryant. This guy's dumb as rocks, okay. But if he knows his position, that's different. And they're talking about Michael Gallup being smart all around, and I, I don't think that makes anything out of it makes anything out for you. Yeah, you got to have intelligence, Sonny. I mean, that's just the bottom line. We we see guys every year that get drafted and, and, you know, you hear about their wonder look scores and all that. And people try to downsell it and say that they, that, that test doesn't matter. It kind of does because when you see the ones that don't do too well and they bomb it, well, that's why, you know, they, they just don't have the, the, it's, it's, it's not about, see, the way I see it is, the Wonderlick test is similar to what we use in the military. It was called the ASVAB. And I'm sure you, you're familiar I have. with what the ASVAB is. Um, so the ASVAB is designed, it's not designed to, to see uh, how smart you are. It's your ability to learn things and understand and pick up things. And I think that's what the Wonderlick test is too. And that's why it's so important for quarterbacks to do well on the test. It's not because it, it, it measures your IQ. It, it measures your ability to understand and, and to learn things. So that's yeah. why guys that don't do well on it wind up not doing well in the league. Because right. if you don't do well on that test, what that tells people is, well, you're going to have a hard time picking up our playbook. You're going to have a hard time learning our playbook and learning the plays and, and, and routes and, and all that stuff. So that's yeah. why it's so important. And, and, and I think people, people are misunderstood about what that test is about. 
So when people say that, oh, they're stupid because they because they scored low on it, I, I don't necessarily think they're stupid. I mean, you know, a lot of these kids they they're smart. It's just they they don't um, they don't know how to grasp learning new. It, it, it takes a little bit longer to learn new things than for other guys like an Andrew Luck who scored high on the test. He has the ability to learn new things faster than guys that score lower on the test. I agree. And, and what, what I look at it, in, and I hate to say this because I know someone's going to hear it and I'm going to hear about it later, but when I think about football players, I think the all-around smart ones, you know, like the Peyton Mannings, you know, the quarterbacks, you know, where they need to they need to see a scenario and how to attack it. Okay, so you need to be smarter as a obviously I think in reality a quarterback because you need to know all the playbooks. Uh, compared to wide receivers, they need only need to know their portion of the playbook. A wide a quarterback needs to know the whole damn thing. So, having been said, when you look at it that way, when I talk about wide receivers and you know in their intelligence, you, you when I looked at Des Bryant, I don't look at him as a very smart person per se as far as intelligence. I look at him, and I know I'm going to get beat up when I say it. I consider him an idiot savant, meaning that. He can focus in on being a wide receiver, and that's just about it. And and I will even give Des Bryant this. The guy can run a route. The guy knows that. Now, granted, whether or not he's going to bring in the catch, that's a different story. But I think Des Bryant is wired for one thing, and that's being a wide receiver and not anything else. And, and forget about being personally a good guy because he's not. Uh, but, I mean, it, and – but his intelligence comes to the game of what he plays, and that's it. There's nothing else. I mean, and that's the reason why athletes, I think, don't like taking the Wonderlick test because they, they, they feel it's, you know, kind of degrading or whatever the fact of the matter is. They're saying, well, it's not testing my intelligence in the game that I play. Um, and I think they're right. But it is. But, but it, it, exactly. But it, but it is in reality, because it's not just about knowing, you know, where to go. It's about why you got to know where to go. Why, why in certain incidents do you do this? Why in certain incidents do you do that? And I think that's the difference. I mean, because Des Bryant, hey, listen, I've talked to him. I've met him. I've been around him. I've spent more than seven hours with Des Bryant, and you really only need 30 minutes. The guy's an idiot in reality. But when it comes to the game of football and wide receivers, this guy's very smart. Um, it's just that the rest of him is not necessarily what people like or want to see. Or the assumption of him being an idiot overplays into what he does out on the football field. Yeah. No, I totally understand what you're saying. Um you know, I, I mean, I've never met him. You, you say, you, you know, you've met him before. I've never Maybe met time. him. But I mean, I, I, and I know you, Sonny, and I, and I know what you do for a living. And, and so you have a very good uh, sense of character and, and, and things like that. So if you say he's not the smartest guy, then, then I believe that he's not the smartest dude. So um, I bet the guy, the, but, the, the guy, the, the guy knows, the guy knows the wide receivers. 
but here, here's the thing. But we go back to why he, Des Bryant isn't necessarily a guy that can explain the reason why he's a very instinctive player, more so than explaining it. Um, so that's the reason when I look at Des Bryant and his intelligence, the guy's got talent. There's no question. I'm not going to sit here. They almost uh, I say like saying LeBron James is not a good basketball player. That's just a ridiculous statement. And, and, and if you want to say that Des Bryant's not a good football player, then, then I bet you're probably overshadowed because of his of the person. Uh, the guy can play wide receiver. The guy's got talent. Now, whether or not his head is in the game at times and things of that sort, you can judge him on that. I'm all for that. Um, but as far as knowing the sport and knowing the instinctive portions of being a wide receiver, I'm telling you, the guy knows what he is doing. But whether – and that goes back to whether or not a team wants to deal with that. I mean, because – and I hate to put him up next to one of the best ever, you know, that was on the same, on the field at him at the same time, Jason Witten. So – so incredibly smart, not just out on the football field, but knowing why he does things. And you'll see that in the show if you ever sit down and watch it. Um, why he does things. What's it, what's it, and his, the importance of being a leader. I think being smart, that you want to be a leader, more so than I kind of look at, at Des Bryant as a follower, which is yet another reason why people look at him and go, ah, you know, you know, and they always talk about it, right, Cuervo? You know, what kind of leader is this guy in the locker room? It does Bryant's not a leader in the locker room. He's a follower, and if anything, he causes problems in the locker room. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and I think that's what turns a lot of teams off about him. It's just, you know, I is agree. He be, is he going to be a cancer to our locker room, especially on a team that's – Cancer. You know, a lot, cancer, a lot of guys word. are like – you know, a, a lot of guys at this point in their career, they're like, well, we, I want to go to a contending team. Well, maybe that contending team doesn't want to deal with your problems. So yeah. maybe, if you, uh, <laughs> maybe if you were a better, maybe if you were a better person, um, you know, you would have a better chance of going to a contending team. Uh, but yeah. that's just the thing when, you know, but teams that, that contend. And he, won't, and he won't apologize for that. And that's fine. You're just not going to be a part of a team that contends, at least, you know, the ones that don't want to deal with you. So yep. you can you can be who you want to be, but guess what? <clears throat> You're going to do it with a team like the Cincinnati Bengals or, you know, a team that won five games last year, you know, a team like the Bears or whatever, which I I'm, I mean, I, I wouldn't exactly be jumping for joy if the Bears signed Des Bryant, but, you know, it, it, it would be – it's a need, even though we got you know they they signed Allen Robinson and whatnot. It's still it's still a need, I think, that the Bears have. But you know, at least it would only be a one year deal, right? He says he only wants a one year yeah. deal. So whoever that's whoever all he wants. Rolls the dice on him. It's it, it's a one year deal. You don't like what you see from him, you can you can part ways with him after one season. Yep. So um, and, I, and I think that. Uh huh. That, that's, ahead, the, that's the big story. That's the big story, Cuervo. I, I think you're right, and I hit the button by accident. Um, th- that's the big story. I mean, I could actually see Des Bryant in Chicago. I, I could actually see that, and not only that, I think that you might get a production out of him that may not be of the star quality, caliber 
of what a Des Bryant really should be, but it would be enough, mm-hmm. I think, to help that football team in reality. I actually think Des Bryant to the Chicago Bears might be a good thing because because the because they normally don't have a guy like a Des Bryant, and if anybody can break it, there are only two places I can think of. One would be New England. New England won't take him, but the Chicago Bears they'll throw a flyer on him. And I think the Chicago Bears should line up to get a Des Bryant in reality. Because, like you said, it is a need. I, Alan Hurt, as great as he is, he's not that good. Uh, he can play. Uh, but having Alan Hurt and Des Bryant, you've got two guys that you've got to worry about on the wide receiver uh, side on the other side when, when you're playing the Bears. So you, you've got two guys that you've got to worry about. That's actually pretty good. And I think, I, I think the Chicago Bears is actually a good fit for him. And maybe the leadership of that locker room could change him. Because in Dallas, he was allowed to be the way he was going to be because they took him that way. When he goes when he goes to a different team, I think, you know, different expectations of behavior change will be expected from a Des Bryant wherever he goes. And I think the Bears could be that good place. I mean, think about the, think about the discipline, you know, the Brian Erlacher. You know, you, you, you got the Michael Single, Mike Singletary, the greatness of Walter Payton, the expectations of greatness with what I can, I prefer to say, with grace. I mean, those guys I just mentioned, those three guys, they were great because they were, they were just, they were just the definition of football in reality. Yeah, well, and, and you know, they they bought into what being wearing that bear uniform was about. So, yep. you know, and, that, and that's what it's got to be about too, is you got to, you got to have some pride in, in, in wearing whatever, you know, just like he did when he wore the star on his helmet, he's got to have that same yes. passion, that same love for wherever he goes next or else it's just, no, it's not going to work. You know, yep. even if it is for sure. just the one year, it's not going to work for him. And it'll be different. It'll be different for us. By the way, Michael Gallup from Colorado State. I knew it was the Colorado school um, that they got him from. Okay. So, um, yeah, that sounds familiar now. Yeah. So that having been said, let's move on a little bit. We're talking about the NFL. We're talking about something, the other big story. I think there's a great story out there, Cuervo. And 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 I'm going to say this, and I'm not being facetious. Of course, I got to say that beforehand because of what I've said before. But here is the question, Cuervo. Johnny Manziel going to play for the Tiger Cats of Hamilton in the uh, in uh, the Canadian Football League is actually a huge positive for this young man as far as what his goals are to try to make it back to the NFL. This is a huge positive for this guy. And in reality, if he's going to be able to – and we all, we've said it on this show – I want to see him prove it before I would end up signing him if I was a GM. And this is not the worst move for this guy. This is not about money because the guy's going to make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. It's not about money. It's about what he can actually do to where people, all eyes can go on him to where he can maybe get signed by an NFL team, not this year, but maybe next year or maybe the year after that. Now, also, that folks that don't know, it's a two-year contract in reality for uh, for Johnny Manziel. 
he might have it written out to where he can go to the NFL without the contract being a problem. So just to let everybody – normally a, a CFL contract is definitely two years and you got to stay there. He probably has it written out that he can go to the NFL um, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats and take a – you know, in reality, they're taking a flyer on a guy that's got a lot of problems, and they're going to see if they can switch his uh, switch his thinking as well. Yeah, no, I, I think this is good for him too. I, I like the move. Um, you know, it's kind of low risk, uh, high reward, because this this could help him get his foot back in the NFL door. And uh, you know, I know I know that's that's what he is trying to do um and i think doing something like this is a good you know small step to getting back into the league because a lot of guys make the mistake of trying to jump back in the nfl when they haven't played in you know two three years or whatever the case may be like with Manziel. but you know this is a good i guess i don't know warm up if you will to uh to possibly get his foot you know back in the door of the of the NFL. Yeah, I think it's going to be – and you want to talk about proving yourself before you get back. I mean, and, and I know people look at the Canadian Football League and go, what? You know, they, they don't get three downs and then they punt it. You only get two downs. You know, it, they only get three downs. Yes, guys, it, it's a little bit different. But football is football is football. But at the same right, time, right. I mean – you know, I, I look at I look at it as being something. I mean, I don't know if he ever would, but a Colin Kaepernick for for a team to really want. I mean, to take a flyer on you, got to know if they, they could still play. And I think Colin Kaepernick would be a great be a great place for him to go if he wanted to prove to NFL teams that he wanted to get back in there and prove that he could still play. Because let's be honest, Squarebo, he's two years removed now in reality. Uh, before Colin Kaepernick. So if you're an NFL team, would you rather take a flyer on a guy coming out of college or do you want to take it on Colin Kaepernick without seeing anything from him at all? You get an opportunity to see him up in Canada, play well in Canada, you know, then that gives Mm -hmm. you a better opportunity or a better excuse to take uh, Colin Kaepernick and go, look at what he did up in Canada. Of course we had to take a flyer on him. And I think Canada, this is the best way. I mean, Doug Flutie, I mean, hey, if it's good enough for Doug Flutie, it's good enough for anybody in the NFL. And by the way, Doug Flutie went up there without being drafted as well. So no one no one was going to take a fire on this guy until he proved it. And that's exactly what he did in Canada before he came down and played in the NFL. Yeah, and it worked out for him. So, I mean, you know, the the – this whole idea of Manziel going to the like like you said, Sonny, it was the best scenario for him was getting his foot in professional football up there, and you know, depending on how he performs, he'll he might be able to eventually make his way back down here to the NFL. So, congrats to him. In in all reality, I think I think it's a great thing for him. I think it is. Uh, it, Hey, good luck to Johnny. Now, because let's be honest, if you listen to the show, I'm not a fan of him. But if he can turn it around on the football field, he's got a lot to prove off the football field. And, and uh, listen, I, I'll be honest. My my opinion about Johnny Manziel will never change 
off the football field. It it just won't. I, I just have a habit of carrying a, a grudge, I guess you could say, and I can't get past the crap that he's done, you know. But if he can prove it out on the football field, it'll give someone a better opportunity to hop up. At. Now, that having been said, Cuervo, you talk about guys that, that are going in, in moving into the season. You talk about guys that are hot seats to, to play well and if they're not going to play well or, you know, what's going to happen. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to hop to a different subject here because I think there is a guy over in Kansas City that I think he's on a hot seat for no reason. And I'm talking about the quarterback, the new quarterback. I think there – I mean, I, all the things I've been re- reading about what's going on about Mahomes – you know, going and being the guy in Kansas City, I, I, all the things I'm reading, I, I'm looking at the expectations of this guy, Cuervo, and I think they're way out of whack for the expectations in reality for a rookie to come out on the football field and play well. In, in reality, I mean, he's a rookie. You guys didn't see the football field there last year, and the Kansas City Chiefs are, are handing the torch over to a second-year dude, and they're some results, Cuervo, and I don't know if you can, but the Kansas City Chiefs being in the division that they're in is almost requiring this to happen for for the, uh, Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City to be not just a good quarterback, but a stellar one because you look at what they got going on. They got Denver over there, they have uh, San Diego, and then of course Oakland Raiders. The expectations in this division to have Mahomes to be the guy and be a guy that can put it together, I think I think the expectations are a little high on Patrick Mahomes right now. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, he was top ten or he's top fifteen pick, so the the expectation should be there. I think they absolutely should be there, but um, how much do they really expect? I mean, Kansas City is a playoff team, so there's that. Do you expect a guy like him to get them back in the playoffs? Honestly, I'm going to say no. I think that's one of my early predictions is I don't think the Chiefs make the playoffs this year just simply because of the fact that they've changed you know, the change in quarterback. Now, Mahomes might go out there and, and, and make me look like a, like a fool and, you know, win 12 games. Sort of like the Eagles quarterback. Yeah, like Carson Wentz. I mean, I was not a believer in him I either, but he could be wrong. But I know I didn't pick him. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's he's made everybody look dumb. But, uh, you know, the reality of, of it is that he, you know, he got the Eagles to where they are as a franchise right now. And it's, uh, you know, I mean, he's got himself a ring. And he didn't even have to, he didn't even play in the game and he's got himself a ring. Yeah. But, you know. Um, Very deserving stuff. Yeah, I mean, and and he would have won the MVP had he not gotten hurt. Let's let's be real. Yeah. He would have gotten. He would have won MVP. But you know, unfortunately, it, it was um, you know it just wasn't meant to be at least for this year. So, but uh, but I don't I don't know I don't think the expectation for Mahomes should be high, just because. I mean, you you look at you look at uh, first of all. I mean, obviously Alex Smith leaves, right? Second of right. all, they lose they lose part of their coaching staff. 
I mean, that, that's a, I think that's a big thing that maybe a lot of people are forgetting too. I mean, Matt Nagy leaves Kansas City, and now he's the head coach uh, in, you know, in Chicago. So yep. uh, it's going to be interesting to see just offensively as a whole, you know, how, how are they going to look. Personnel-wise, it's pretty much the same. And, you know, you still got Tyreek Hill. You still got Kelsey, who's the best tight end of the game. You still have Kareem Hunt, who's going to be a star. And you still yeah. have the offensive line intact. So a lot of that stuff is, is the same, but it's just, you know, now it's just a matter of what's the philosophy? How, how are they – what are they going to – are they going to be a run-first team? Are they going to be um, – you know, are they going to be more vertical? Like, what? How does? How is it going to change? So, that's why I kind of am a little, a little suspect about the Chiefs being a playoff team again. It's not totally on Mahomes; he is a big part of it. But, um, but a lot of it too has to do with, you know, they lose their offensive coordinator, they lose the, their starting quarterback. Um, so, you know, when you lose your quarterback and your and your offensive coordinator, a lot of things can change. I mean, imagine. Steelers losing Ben Roethlisberger and Todd Haley overnight. You know what do we think of the Steelers now? So it, it does it it does make a huge impact on on a team. So that's why I'm kind of a little optimistic about the Chiefs making the playoffs this year. Yeah, so you are not optimistic about the Chiefs making the playoffs. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm being a pessimist, I guess. Yeah, that's what I meant. Got it. It's it's hard it's hard to be optimistic about them making the playoffs. I agree. I, I man, I don't know. I, I'm when we break them down, Cuervo, I got a lot to look at for this team. I mean, because the, the I do. I think there I think there's just way too many expectations on Patrick Mahomes to come out to quote unquote set the league on fire. I mean, if you believe what Lewis Riddick said, and I heard this one because I was driving around, and Lewis Riddick was talking about what. The, the expectations of what Patrick Mahomes should be, I think that's it, it, I think that's a big mistake to start now. But the the thing on that Cuervo is is that this division, when you look at the AFC West, this is going to be a an interesting division in football. And I'm I'm going to tell you that the Chargers, if they make if they keep making good moves. I think we, we look at the Chargers as a team that has been third and fourth within this division, usually year in and year out. I expected them to be higher, and they put on a good show for my prediction last year, Cuervo, but they just didn't get over the hump. You know, the the thing about the Chargers is, is that that's what they've been doing for the last four or five, six years, just not getting over the hump. And I don't know if they. I mean, is it is is it Philip Rivers that the that is the problem over in San Diego? Why are they not getting over the hump? Is it because of the 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 competition, Denver as well as Oakland and Kansas City? What what is going on? Why are we not talking about a guy who is really good at the position, that being Philip Rivers, not getting to the playoffs or even getting past the first round? Um. I think it's I think it's the talent around him. I mean, you think about a guy in Keenan Allen, right? For example, yes, who got hurt who got hurt two years in a row. This past year, he finally stays healthy, and you see the production he had and the difference in in the team. I mean, they they were a much better team just with 
Allen being there, uh, you know, because because of the fact that Rivers had somebody to throw the football to. Uh, yep. You know, and 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 then they, uh, you know, they, they a guy in Melvin Gordon is another guy that that was kind of on and off, and then he finally put it together this past year. So offensively, their weapons, ha- uh, you know, stayed healthy, and they were they were able to produce to kind of support Rivers. And now, you know, it's just a matter of can they stay healthy. Uh, I, I have no reason to believe that they won't stay healthy. I have every reason to believe that they will. Um, you know, I think I think the biggest challenge though for the Chargers now is, is defensively. Uh, I think I think they're a little weak in the secondary. Uh, Casey Hayward's a very good corner, uh, but he's their only spot. He's their only like, you know, shining spot on that secondary. The the, the rest of it is is very average. And that's why I love uh, Derwin James being drafted to that team. It, it wasn't a, it wasn't a guy that I was expecting them to draft, but when you really take a look and you look deep into their their roster, it it, it, it really is a need that they have. So, and and I think I think Derwin James is going to be great for them. I would even say that I think he's a dark horse pick for Defensive Rookie of the Year. That's how much I wow. like him. That's kind of, I, I, I just, I, the expectations, I don't know if they're, they're there, um, you know, but, you know, after last year, like you said, getting Team and Allen completely healthy for the whole year, oh, my gosh, how big is that in reality when you think about where the, the Chargers are? And, you know, I, I, I don't know what it is about the Chargers, but I have always wanted the Chargers to be a good football team. And, and we just are not getting it. I don't even know why I want them to be. It, it might be Dan Fouts, Claire, but this, this might be the sunny living in the day and age and, and seeing how great Dan and uh, Don Coriel is, the head coach of the football team, seeing the history of the team not, you know, necessarily living up to what the expectations are for the football team. I, you know, I just, I just want to see him play well. And not only that, I love that division. The AFC West is a good division of football where normally there are good football teams. Like in the past, you just look at Denver, how good they are. Now Oakland, with, with their quarterback situation, obviously they're, they're a better football team. And the last few years with Kim City, you know, we, we talked about was it the right move for Andy Reid, and we, you know, and I said I was, and now maybe was I, I don't know, but uh, we're not necessarily seeing seeing the uh, the things for a football team such as the Kansas State Chiefs with Andy Reid. Hey, by the way, is it is it time for Andy Reid to be done? For Andy Reid, is that who you said? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been reading a lot about, you know, and, and this might be fans and stuff like that, but the question, you know, is it time for Andy Reid to make his way out of Kansas City? They, they haven't really done anything since he's taken taken over the team in reality. Um, You know, honestly, Sonny, I think if they're one and done in the play, if they make it to the playoffs, but if they're one and done again this year, then I think uh, I think it's time for Andy Reid to go. Honestly, I mean, I don't want to say that Philadelphia made a mistake 
letting Andy Reid stick around as long as they did. Uh, but I think they could have had a better jump on getting a head coach. And now, obviously, uh-huh. it worked out for them with Doug Peterson. Um, but, I, I, I mean, I'm sure there were, op- there were opportunities for them to get a an even higher caliber coach. So, um, you know, I, I think with the way that the Raiders have, have improved and, uh, yes. you know, I think I think – you know, Denver could be a team that could surprise some people too. I think, I think Kansas City has to act fast. If 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 they don't win this division this year or make the playoffs, or if they're one and done, basically, if they if they don't progress from what they've done the past couple of years, I think I think it's Andy Reid needs to go, and it's time to you know go on go on the hunt for a head coach again. Yeah, it, I. It's really huge for what's going on with them. But, you know, I've been reading also a lot. If you look at uh, John Gruden and what he is now doing in reality, what he's now doing uh, for the Oakland Raiders and, you know, know, Cuervo, this is a a different look Raider team, I think, you know, just because of who they have. You you look at Mm -hmm. – say whatever you want about John Gruden – I mean, you know, I frankly, he should have stayed in the booth. I mean, in reality, he just should have just stayed in the booth. Uh, but now he's gonna now he's gonna re- rewrite a legacy. Which, by the way, he had a pretty good legacy before he stepped back out on the football field as a head coach and was doing a great job commentating. Now he he puts it all at risk in reality. You know, I, so we didn't we didn't really talk a lot about John Gruden coming out of the booth and back as a head coach. What do you think you are seeing with John Gruden as being the, the head coach at the Oakland Raiders? Are you ex- I mean, you live in the area. I mean, and we all know what the expectations are in reality, Cuervo. Uh, are, do you think the expectations are too high for John Gruden and what he's going to do within the first year for the Oakland Raiders as they get set to head into Las Vegas? Well, I think I think the I think people are a little a little too excited. I think about the whole situation. Um, when somebody comes back into the league after being gone for a couple of years, you know, it, it's, it's not something that's going to happen overnight as far as him, which there really isn't much turning around that the Raiders need to do anyways. They're already a good team. It's just the fact that uh, now that Gruden's the head coach, it, it, it just kind of feels like there's a higher expectation they're already a good football team. It's just, uh, you know, I think people are more excited about seeing seeing old old Gruden back on the sidelines. Um, so I, I, I think as long as everybody stays healthy and things like that, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be they'll be good. So um, I, I really don't see. I mean, they're not going to go fifteen and one you know, or anything crazy like that. But I, I do think that they'll still have, you know, 11 wins as long as everybody stays healthy. Well, I'm just wondering, and maybe it's me. I, I don't know, Cuervo. But it, I mean, the chemistry of the of the team, I think is – and I'm not saying Jack Del Rio shouldn't have been fired. Although, you know, I, I don't know if – you know, you, you have a team that goes and does what he did uh, with him being the first one. Um it, it's to me, I think 
I think Jack Del Rio should have had another year. I really do. Um, but, you know, it, it's hard to turn away from the name. And plus the idea of what they got to do when they make move to Vegas, having a John Gruden compared to a Jack Del Rio, um, you know, yeah, kind of makes a, makes a big deal, big difference that are going on, you know, for a football team. But man, as much, you know, and I'm not necessarily a Jack Del Rio fan, you know, I'm not, not necessarily a fan, but I kind of like his coaching um, per se, but I think, I think the Oakland Raiders made a move, a PR move because of what's going on in Vegas. And I, I'm, I'm just going to be the first to put it out there. Maybe I am. I'm not expecting the Oakland Raiders to make the playoffs. I'm not even expecting them to be good. I mean, you know, I, I, we talk about coaches coming back. Maybe John Gruden may have been gone away from the game a little bit too long in order for him to come make that much of a difference as a head coach. Well, what, what do you mean exactly? Like, like he he shouldn't have come back, or what do you mean exactly? I I just don't I just don't think um, I just don't think that I don't I don't want to say that I don't think he should not come back. I what I think is that I think he's past his. When's the last time this guy was out on the football field as a head coach? And the game has changed. I mean, now, granted, he does all these, you know, quarterback things. He's supposed to be a quarterback guru and all this other crap. But I think the game has changed so much in reality in the past just four, maybe five years that he hasn't been out on the football field, Cuervo. And I think there is a big difference in the game today than when he was last a coach. And I don't know if he's got – I don't know. It's it's almost like bringing Bill Parcells back right now. Would that be a good idea? I don't think so. I think the game has changed. In other words, I think the game's got past him. I don't think he's I don't think he's ready for this. I really don't. Well, I mean, it's definitely going to be a big challenge. Now, I don't remember how many years they committed to Gruden as their coach, but I'd say you give him three, maybe four years, and and if and if it's just not working, then is what it is. Yeah. I, I'm still I'm still a big believer that was a PR thing for them moving over to Vegas and they grab up that they grab up the guy. But you know and, and I keep reading about how energetic this guy is, you know. You know yeah, yeah, no. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. I, I just I just don't see I just don't see the move being, and I don't want to say that Jack Del Rio shouldn't have been fired. Okay, if you're going to fire him, that's fine. But I'm still on the question, Cuervo, whether or not that this guy is the right guy. Although everybody seems to think he's great. Maybe, maybe, maybe am I missing something? I mean, do you think John Gruden is a good head coach for today's football compared to what he was? Obviously, you, you know, and plus, let me, and I'll just put this out there publicly as well. I think John Gruden should kiss the feet of Tony Dungy, or he would never have been a, a Super Bowl champion head coach. Um, 
I you know I don't know. Maybe this does fit his forte from going from Tony Dungy to where he was there in Tampa Bay. Now maybe what Jack Del Rio did put together, you know, a pretty good team. Now moving on, maybe it is the right fit. Well, there's only one way to find out, Sonny. Once the season starts, I think you give it about three or four games, and you'll you'll find you'll find your answer. You're probably right. I might I might be off, and I, I might be, and and I will leave I'll leave the door open for me to be wrong. Okay. And, and I don't mind that. I mean, because, but I just, I don't see, I don't see the glamour of what this guy really is. I really don't, not as a head coach. I mean, you know, right. I, I just don't see it. So it, it should be interesting. So, by the way, D'Angelo Hall, he retires. Are you worried about that? Are you worried about D'Angelo Hall? Worried? Why would I be worried about him, Sonny? Without football. Without football. This is, this is one of those guys. This is. Yeah, without football, what kind of guy is he? I mean, I, I'm actually worried about D'Angelo Hall. I mean, and maybe it's because of, of his antics, you know, out on the football field. You know, he wasn't necessarily known as a great guy in reality. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually kind of worried about uh-huh. him without football. Um, well, okay. In that aspect, yeah, I can understand what you're saying. I just don't uh... – I mean, I wouldn't expect any type of comeback or anything like that. Uh, I guess I could see him. I'm, I'm sh- well. I mean, if if you're worried about him missing the game, then I, then I think he's going to probably try and get into some sort of, uh, you know, either broadcasting. I, cause I could see him doing something like that. I could see him. As I a think so I could too. see him on on a you know Sunday morning show on ESPN or something like that, you know, breaking games down with guys and, you know, doing that type of stuff. The Charles Barkley of NFL? uh, I mean, I guess if you want to use him as a comparison, yeah, sure. (laughs) But uh, I can see see him doing something like that. I mean, he's got the personality for it. So, um, yeah, I think it would be a good fit for him. Now, as we're getting ready to run off air, is there anything that you wanted to cover that I have missed? Because I have missed a lot. Um, I mean, obviously, we got the gambling thing. That was the big. That was one of the big story. Oh, by the way, the Panthers were officially sold. By the way, just to let you know, I, I oh, they we were. were talking about that. They were officially sold to a gentleman, and, and I'm going to claim claim stupidity. I never heard of David Tepper ever. So and I don't know who he is or what he is or what he's all about, um, but according to now the deal is subject to NFL approval. Um, but from everything I'm reading about this, is that mm-hmm. it's expected to go through just fine. Um, but I'm not necessarily. It looks like he has already been vetted by the league as a minority owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers at one point that did not go through. Um, so I, you know. I'm not, I'm not, but he's going to pay $2.2 million for the team. And I think that's cheap. I think that's cheap. 2.2 so billion? That's what I'm, 2.2 billion for the, for the uh, Panthers. I think it's cheap, don't you? Or maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know. That seems kind of high for a team like the Panthers. 
I think the uh, the Cowboys are worth what maybe three or four billion. So you're saying they're uh, they're uh, not too far four behind. Four and a half. Uh, four and a half, according to that show I'm watching. Four and a half billion is what uh, the Cowboys are quote unquote estimating. Now they might have doctored those numbers for the show, but that's what they said yeah. on that show. Okay, well then maybe. Uh, okay, well then uh, maybe. I mean that is a huge difference. That's like almost half of what the Cowboys are worth. So uh, maybe that's not too far fetched, but. But it is I, an NFL record. It is an NFL record purchasing two point two billion. So uh, he's the first one to pay two point two billion um, for it. And uh, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, I'm thinking about this gambling thing, Cuervo. And if you remember that there are a few owners that own that fantasy football website. Uh, one being Jerry Jones, the other Jerry Kraft owning that uh, fantasy football website. What's the name of that one? How You're talking you know, about how, uh, DraftKings? DraftKings? Yes, or, DraftKings. Uh, yeah, DraftKings. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, Jerry Jerry Jones and Kraft were actually minority owners of those. By the way, um, so really, I never knew very, that. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. Their their involvement in DraftKings because obviously that's gambling. Everybody knows it's gambling. It they is. want to call it whatever they want. It's gambling. Um, but at the same time, now with this new gambling thing that's going on, how much will we see NFL owners be involved with that, or will they be allowed to do that? That I guess that would be a you know the question: Would they be allowed to like to bet on their own teams, or just be well, involved no, just, in the? Just yeah, being behind a website. I mean, as of right now, I mean, you know, Jerry Jones and Kraft, and, and frankly, they didn't get a lot of scrutiny about that either. Um, and, hell, I thought they should or would do it, and they, there wasn't really a lot about it. We we talked about it just briefly, um, but n- oh. no no, no uh, questions on the, you know, the the actual, you know, the the uh, motives behind them owning that, if it was just money or, or whatever the case may be, um, but the gambling portion, I mean, look what we're always talking about, you know, Pete Rose and all the guys, no gambling allowed, you shouldn't, and we opened the door a little bit with the the fantasy gambling. Now they opened up the door with the, and by the way, that was the Supreme Court decision to allow that. Uh, but it was definitely push. You know, there there had to be some push behind it. I'm not sure who was behind that to hit the to, to hit the bricks in front of the Supreme Court for that to happen. Um, but you know, there's definitely some special interest behind that in order to get it uh, to approve. Yeah, yeah, there was. So, you know, I don't know. I guess uh, being involved in the operations of it, I don't. Why they couldn't or wouldn't be able to, as far as like the uh, like having an influence on certain wagers being made. Obviously, I don't think that's very legal. So, yeah, that, <laughs> I mean, that's, there's got to be that's Char- something. Yeah, that's Charlie Hustle all over again. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one, and that and that also makes me wonder about the 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 Raiders going over to to Las Vegas. How much I. And, and, but uh, I mean, I don't think we're seeing a big problem right now with that hockey team over in Vegas. So you know, I and maybe I'm just not 
paying attention or as it rose up to where, you know, people are talking about it and I heard about it. But I, I wonder what the, the effect of the hockey I, – I, I bet you hockey – I bet you hockey betting got more probably since there's a team in Vegas. I, you know, I, we should probably look that up, find out how, that, how the, the uh, betting went in the NHL this year compared to last year when it wasn't in Vegas to where it is now. That, that'd be an interesting thing. I'll, 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 I'll see if I can take a couple minutes and look that up, or, and we'll talk about maybe next week. Okay, sounds good, Sonny. My, 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 I guess my initial opinion probably hasn't done a whole lot for, for hockey gambling, but, I mean, there's always that chance. You know, I mean, because yeah. in Vegas, you can bet on any team. It doesn't have to be – you can only bet on the Golden Knights. Like, I mean, in Vegas, you could bet on any team you want. But right. it might have – I don't think it's made much of an impact. Um, I wonder. Once, yeah, but once once this thing goes nationwide, then obviously, you know, every sport's going to have a, a you know, huge increase. Even, even tennis is going to have an increase in, in, in gambling, uh, you know, people putting bets on, on matches and stuff like that. Yeah. I think there's – yeah, I mean, I, I'd, like, I'd like to have a 20 spot on Serena Williams and see what could end up happening. I, I'd like that. I, <laughs> sure. I, I, there we go. Talking talking a little bit about it. But, I mean, I've set up on my show, my favorite athlete – there are two of my favorite athletes. One's Walter Payton. The other's John McEnroe. Um, uh, those are my two <laughs> yeah. a- favorite athletes growing up. I love I John McEnroe. So I Love I remember. Tennis, so, but you know, it, it, it's been good. But hey, three hours we knocked it out, which is awesome. Um, so, uh, and by the way, I might have some time tomorrow. I don't know if you want to hop on or if something pops up later on today. Like it always seems to happen Sunday afternoon after we get off air, something happens. So we, I might have some opportunity um, tomorrow. Are you working tomorrow? I am, Sonny, and, and if I am available. Um, it won't be until late in the afternoon. I, I won't be oh, like cool. how I normally like. I have my lunch or whatever. Like it, it, I'm not going to be at work per se. Okay. I'm going to be uh, you know uh, supervising some training uh, this cool. week, Monday through Thursday. Uh, Friday I'll be back to my normal schedule, but Monday through Thursday I'll be supervising some training going on. Uh, so I, I won't necessarily be able to be on my phone uh, until the training is over for the day. So I won't be until late in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah and, and unfortunately, you're late in the afternoon this evening, and I won't be available. But I thought I'd throw it out. Yeah. But if something pops up or something goes on, we'll see what ends up happening. It always happens about an hour or two after we get off air. Something yep. usually pops up, and they're talking about it on Sunday afternoon. So we'll check that out. So that's going to do it for us here on the Couch Potato Sports Show as we made it through a three-hour block, as we always do on Sunday morning. It is that being said. Catch us next week, next Sunday. We'll be right back here at noon unless something changes or the high and tight makes us a little bit later. We don't know. We'll find that out. We'll do it next week here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, everybody have a good week. Bye-bye.